0: We're talking about the (laughs) (laughs) perlip (laughs) perlip. We're going to talk about the perlip perlip in the the perlip (laughs) car. That's right. Wow. Wow. I don't even know what an accent that is.
1: It's not one. It's
0: It's just. It's the Gird meme.
1: It's just nonsense.
0: Um, Nonsense. Biggest professional failures. That's a fun question. Really. I
1: thought you'd like that one. Well, people keep asking, like, what do you see as the future of the Goulet Pen coming? I'm like, Brian does not need
0: to be. I don't need futuristic. <laughs> talk about. Let me, let me talk about the hardships of the like, old.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll give him an easy one. Oh, man. It's, it's an interesting one, though. Um, I guess if we have time, we can do a hypothetical, too. I've got one in the chamber from somebody that I didn't oh, yeah? add in there. But
0: it's, well, let's see. If we finish... If we're if we're not at an hour by the end of the Q&A, yeah, then we can sure. throw a hypothetical in there. Cool.
1: It's a pretty simple one.
0: All right. We're 2 minutes in though, so just so we get a truly accurate oh, right. yes. timing of things. All right. You ready to go?
1: Um I can be in, in like 2 seconds. Okay. Let's All right. center ourselves. Ready. This is what the credit Kid does. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then he chops the ice. <laughs> yeah, because that happens. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right here we go. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 86 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet, and I am Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, I'm gonna try not to be weirded about by Drew looking at me all funny. I've got weird energy with this Trapper <laughs> Keeper shirt, Drew. I don't know. I had to tone it down last week. The banana was like, okay, I found the line for me. I just felt too ridiculous. I got to go back to gray. Everybody loved the banana. <laughs> they did love it, but it felt weird. I walked around after we shot the pen cast because I didn't wear it earlier in the day. I just saved up for you for the pen cast. And then I walked around afterwards and people were like, hey, bananas. <laughs> and I was like,
1: yeah, this is weird. Somebody said that's probably not going to help with your kids referring to you as a gorilla. But, you know, no,
0: it definitely feeds right into that. That's why they <laughs> loved it so much, I think. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway. In today's show, we're going to be talking about why you should and shouldn't use Flex Pens. We're going to talk about the stiffest nibs out there. The surface nerves. The nibs. we're going to talk about what fountain pen collectors should be called because other people get names like stamp collectors and coin collectors. So we're going to brainstorm that. Uh, we're going to be talking about pens from our collection that we rarely use. We're going to talk about our biggest professional failures. That should be fun. A deep well to pull from there for me. No, nah, I wasn't picking on Drew, but well, oh, I've got some. We've got some. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to spotlight the pilot Prera because we have, you know, felt like it. And we talk about just our lives in the last week. What's been going on. So that's this week. And uh, let's start it off with some feedback,
1: right? We've been talking about occupations recently. Like, what does everybody mm-hmm. do? What yeah, communities use what fountain fount-
0: pens? Who uses fountain pens? What well, um,
1: RJ Marmaro? Mm-hmm. Or RJM Armaro? I don't know. It's a some letters. Works. Says, I'm a plumber, and I absolutely absolutely love fountain pens. I spend my day either stopping water where it's not wanted or bringing water to where it is. Very important. I'm fascinated by the engineering required to make fountain pens controlled leak functions so reliably that you can write with it yeah, i love that connection yeah. because nobody would understand how a liquid is controlled and uh you know um regulated yeah. like a plumber would
0: yeah
1: i, I find that fascinating so I mean, thank you for sharing that
0: with me as a plumber aren't you just controlling leaks it's like human fountain pen. you either want leaks to be happening in a specific way Or definitely definitely not not happen at all. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So I really enjoyed that.
1: Respect. And then uh, Dan Eli for Evs says I can't tell you my level of disappointment when the pen cast video goes up and it's only an hour and 44 (laughs) minutes. I feel cheated. Come on. LOL. Two and a half hours, guys, or it didn't happen. Oh my gosh. Love y'all. Wow. Well, Dan, there was kind of a good reason for that because. (laughs) i need to erase the memory card on the camera every time and i forgot to do that so it filled up um like halfway through the pen cast so we had nothing i realized i'm like oh brian it's not recording and it's like oh crap like, so we, had, we oh, had to go back how and, long ago
0: did it stop recording? right so we needed to go
1: back and redo a question or two but um we didn't know what time we were working with normally we can see how long we've been recording but that time since we lost half of it we're like We had no idea. We lost our gauge. So I thought it was going to end up being about two and a half hours. It ended up actually being shorter, but we had no concept of how long it had been going. So we just kind of guessed. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was a little shorter, probably. I think we were a little uh, nervous that we were going too
0: long because that's usually what happens. Well, and I have like on my computer, I have the actual time. Mm -hmm. And I know that like you have a kid to pick up and I have stuff to do too in my life. So it's like, okay. Especially when we have a technical hiccup like that. It's yeah. like, okay, we can't just keep it going forever. Yeah, yeah. We need it but, in other uh, places. But we do, we do appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm glad you can't get enough because even still, Rachel, I'm almost on a weekly basis now. It's just like, I don't know why people keep watching this. <laughs> she doesn't even watch it. She's like, why do people watch you for two hours? I don't understand. I was like, I don't understand either, but here we are.
1: We've got lots of friends. <laughs> And then Stacy, speaking of friends, Stacy says, since Drew enjoyed making a word cloud chart of feedback from the Turkey Hammock giveaway, how about doing a survey of everything people are doing while listening to the pencast? Cleaning, handwriting practice, baking, cheesecake, seed starting, other hobby projects, or even just passing time, and then creating a word cloud. Well, Stacy, I love that idea, and I'm going to do it. So this week, in the description, I'm going to have another Google form. It's just going to ask, what you up to? And then I'm going to go ahead and ask like what your favorite pen is and maybe what your favorite movie or TV is just to see what people are doing out there. Maybe I'll make a word cloud for all of the PenCast listeners, watchers, favorite movie and just see what the most common movie is. Favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Let's just let's figure out what, what we're all into. There's going to be one. There's going to be one most now, commonly mentioned well, movie. Word, well, the
0: word cloud like with a movie, that's tough. It needs to be spelled the, titles, the exact same way. But the titles can be multiple words, right? Like how does it separate out? Like, how do you know? Like, I don't know. We'll just, the we'll just, word "in" might be like the one. It's where...
1: going to be messy and sloppy and dumb, okay. but it's it it is of no consequence at all. This so is true. It doesn't matter. So this is true. Yeah. If we see the word, you know, um, uh, Rocky, I'm just going to assume that it's four. So whatever, <laughs> whether you want to do the Roman numeral thing or the uh, yeah. number four, I'm just going to assume that if I see Rocky, you're talking about four. Um, I'm just kidding. Every Rocky has its own merits except for five. Yeah.
0: Uh, we won't talk about that. I've never seen a Rocky movie. Well, Brian. It's, it's a surprising number of movies that you find iconic that I I've know. never seen.
1: Well, anyway, I will do that. So, check the description of huh. this YouTube video. And if you're an audio listener, uh, go check it out on the YouTubes as well. Indeed. Um, or maybe I'll put it in, I should be able to put it in the uh, show notes of the audio thing as well. So,
0: yeah, will that yeah. show up as a link? I don't know. I'll try it. Yeah. I think whole, so. The whole podcast thing is still a bit mysterious. I put links in there. To us, yeah. In
1: fact, there's a whole separate section of chapters that I go into, so that they're clickable chapters. Hopefully, most podcast cool. apps support that because I it's a little bit of extra work, but oh, well. um, I do it for you people because I love you. There you go. All right, what you got, Brian? Uh, I got Feed some us feedback.
0: Back. David Cool fifty one eighty nine says, "I'm assuming this is in reference to last week's shirt." Drew has officially driven Brian dot 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 bananas. Well said, David. Yes, I appreciate. There were a the lot. Of, there were a there. lot of
1: comments about your shirt. Not surprising. Really?
0: Yeah. That's shocking. May or may not have been why I wore it/slash bought it. Um, okay, Anna Figueroa. Oh my gosh. Okay, I was not ready to say this word. Anna Figueroa. Figueroa. There you go. Figueroa. Cool name. I can't pronounce it though. Uh, Forty-five ten. Yes. As someone that works in computers all day, I find myself reaching out to analog experiences so much more often than before being in the field. So I was referencing like a surprising number of IT folks. And you said they're on computers all
1: day. Why would they want to be on computers more?
0: Yeah. Uh, Good to relax my eyes. And it also feels so much easier to put my thoughts out when I do so in a notebook instead of trying to type it. I am vibing with that. I'm vibing with that. Uh, And then Lemon Inspector says i'm not surprised many it professionals use fountain pens we've learned not to trust computers <laughs> yeah i'm sure because all you're doing is dealing with problems and the failures of computers all day not to mention the crazy things that bad people can do with them so if you want to put your own thoughts in a safe place it's your journal mm-hmm. um and then last one i have is from poetic polecat whose <laughs> names are just great um Peach had her own game on the DS. This was news to me.
1: There there are multiple comments about that. So I was
0: talking about Super Nintendo. I was talking about Nintendo franchise and Mario, specifically the Mario universe, and how Peach needs her own time to shine. And apparently she had it, but I missed it. Super Princess Peach was a game for the DS. That's why I missed it, because it was the DS and it came out when I was like graduating college. Oh,
1: even after that, I I
0: think. I think it came out in 2005 was when it Oh, wow. Yeah. I definitely wasn't paying attention at that time. Anyway, uh, poetic polecat says, I recall it being fun, but odd because one of your moves was to cry on plants to make them grow.
1: That is odd.
0: So I actually went on a little mini, little mini deep dive myself and just looked up this game and found some stats on it. And it's actually a pretty highly rated game. Um, though there were some elements of sexism in there as may like yeah. crying on plants i looked at that as like, well there seemed to have like been really? an,
1: an emotion meter like yeah why they would do that with like the only female lead character have it's her like bit, go through bit, emotions is it's a bit sexist that's a bit mhm little yeah nah, yeah She needs a redo. Let's let's give her a redo. (laughs) Like, have it be a proper platformer that don't utilize emotions as her weapons.
0: But the premise of the game is that Mario and, was it Mario and Luigi or Mario and Yoshi? Maybe it was Mario and Luigi. But they get kidnapped and Peach has to save them. I like that. And I was like, that actually is kind of exactly what I was talking about. So, great. Now we're going to make my kids want a DS, some vintage thing. Like, my kids already want random, because they watch these, like, YouTube videos about whatever random game, irregardless of how inconvenient it is to actually play it. And I'm like, we don't have that system and you wanna just play that one game and now you wanna have like five systems? No, this isn't happening. Anyway, uh, that's all I got for feedback. Let's talk about some new stuff. I got some cool new stuff to talk about this week. I like what we have in here. First one is a Pilot Custom 743. And Verdegri. That
1: was a big deal. Indeed. Big
0: deal. I mean, we just introduced the 743. Right. Not long ago. It's basically an 823 that's cartridge converter. So if you don't like all the fuss of the vacuum filling, you get all the benefits of the 743 of um, uh, the cartridge converter. So $336 for this pen. This is a US exclusive color. That's why it's a big deal. It is a big deal. We don't often get those. We don't like and ever it's solid color, which also doesn't happen on these. Well, no, the regular seven forty three is solid color. I'm thinking of the eight twenty three and yeah. the seventy four. But anyway, um, really nice looking color though. I like this. It's like a like a jade green almost. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more darker. yellow than it, a little darker. Yeah. yeah um but it's got the good range of nymph sizes just like our black 743 has extra fine fine medium broad double broad and falcon which is legitimately like i have turned the corner on the falcon because of the 743. Yeah, i do like it quite a bit so that's pretty exciting i already grabbed one for myself what size i'm pretty sure i took a falcon yeah did i take a falcon you should have. i took a black falcon. So I was like, do I need a Falcon for both? Oh, maybe you don't need I think I might double broad. I I might have taken a medium instead. A medium? I don't remember, actually. I should know this. Oh. It, I, you haven't inked haven't, it up yet. I haven't inked it up. Oh, yeah. It's on my desk right now, but had a busy day. Um, anyway, the other pen that I have to talk about is the Twisby Diamond Mini AL in a color grape. They haven't done a color in a, in a while in a while it's been a minute they've yeah. done them before they have they did like a mint blue they've done like the white with rose gold i think yeah
1: that one i think is still available
0: maybe. that one yeah that one came out a while ago yeah.
1: though but they, they have done a few they, they never do them that, for the that minis an,
0: that wasn't an al though the white with rose gold was just a regular mini i think i think the al might just be the mint blue if i'm not mistaken i think they or pow, like a powder blue yeah
1: i wouldn't i'm, I'm i don't remember I wouldn't trust myself okay. or you.
0: Really, um, I wouldn't trust me on these types of details. <laughs> my knowledge of this type of stuff has gotten worse the longer I'm with Rachel cause Cause she she's so good at everything. I'm I like, know. this is this is waste. I don't space need to remember this. Brain. Yeah, yep. Except you know she will. We're in this room, not accessible to yeah. her with a camera in her face. Yay!
1: Well, here I'll go over mine and then you can check and uh, yeah, see.
0: I will stealthily um, check as Drew was talking.
1: Um, so Tomoe River is back. Uh, we've known that. That company was purchased by another company, and now they're making Tomoe River paper again. We've seen it show up in notebooks here and there, but officially, Tomoe River branded loose-leaf paper is now back in our stores. available in 52 gram in the uh, white paper, A4 and A5 size. So um, I believe there are packs of 100 each. You can grab one of those. Uh, I use the A4 loose-leaf Pages for my letter writing um, exclusively. They fold up nice and thin. You can get, you know, as far as weight goes, you can pack a ton of Tomoe River sheets in there and it'll still be just as heavy as, you know, a couple normal sheets. So I really like those. And um, yeah, these are going to be $9.95 for the A5, $14.95 for the A4. And um, in my testing, I found them to be quite nice. You know, any differences to the original Tomoy River. I've found to be negligible, but everybody's got their preferences. But uh, to me, I don't really notice a difference in how I've always used them and written with them. So there you have that available now. Also available now is the Aurora 888 Brano. And this is a really nice looking pen. It has an acrylic that is very reminiscent of the marshmallow acrylic that we've seen come out of Esterbrook a couple times now. Um, it's up there at $805.50. But um, it's not going it's to be around 50 forever. Cents
0: that puts it over the top. I
1: know. I was going to get one for eight oh five, but yeah. then I just it's not in the budget. You've for got to me cut it, it off the somewhere. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, really nice packaging too, Brian. Remember how Aurora used to have that kind of matte sort of yeah. black box that kind mm-hmm. always would get kind of scuffed and smudgy. Oh yeah. This one is a heavily lacquered black wood box. Mm. With it's just a really nice fit and finish. Like I was a shiny really, black. Yeah, very glossy. Mm. I really like it. Very nice presentation.
0: One might say piano black.
1: Yeah, yeah, for real. Nice. Definitely piano vibes. So that is available now. You can check it out. At least look at the pictures. It's a really cool looking pen.
0: Very cool. Um, You ready for an answer about this Twisby Mini Ale? Yeah, let me know. There has been several colors we've totally forgotten about. Yep, I figured. Um, Thankfully, we have a blog post that we wrote of our own Twisby Mini Special Edition history. So in August 2019, there was the Mint Blue Mini Ale. That's the one I was thinking of. There was also a al uh mini gold Ooh, that's pretty that is cool looking very bright like yellow gold um and there was a regular blue like a darker blue that was in 2017 and then there was a silver which is the one that we mentioned before and then the white and rose gold that was just a regular mini that was not an al so this is i guess technically the fourth or fifth different color mini so i i thought they hadn't done as many but they have done several you know of them. they haven't done so, any of
1: like the uh, the vac, mini. VAC that, mini that one is neglected i would love to see vac mini
0: anyway something different something different on the mac vac mini would be cool but you know they do a lot of different things so can't complain tosy puts out a lot of stuff so they do won't complain too much all right
1: you ready for a q so you can a
0: oh yeah yeah let's do that q and a
1: brian drew Vippersnatch is asking you <laughs> why should and why shouldn't
0: Oh yelling it people use flex pens? These are all caps, shoulds, and shouldn'ts. Mm-hmm. Um, so a
1: case for and a case against.
0: I think I can do this. I think I'm ready. Go for it. Because I am a debater. You do like to argue with yourself. Um, the Myers-Briggs I'm yeah. as the debater. If there's no
1: one else to argue with, you just often argue with yourself. Oh, yeah.
0: If everybody's agreeing on something in the room, I will be the one to be like, well...
1: You said that just today. <laughs> we were talking about a pen, and Brian's like, I don't know. I kind of like it now because everybody else does like, like it. A, I kind
0: of like it more because everybody's <laughs> crapping all over it, you know? Um, yeah. I am an agent of chaos. Uh, this is a good question, though, because I feel pretty strongly that flex pens are not for everybody... I don't think everybody needs to love them, uh, but I do think that some people will. So it actually kind of fits right in the vein of the way that I want to address this question. So um, I kind of broke it out into two different parts, and I you know, I came up with this pretty loosely. I'm not making a dissertation here. Um, so you shouldn't use flex pens for the following reasons. not exhaustive list, but these are the top of mind ones for me. If you think that fountain pens in general are finicky or complicated, flex pens are going to be even worse in this respect. Yeah. So if you already think that they're a little bit of trouble, don't even bother with flex pens. They certainly
1: do not simplify things.
0: They don't simplify things. Yeah, exactly. Um, If you're busy or just an impatient person, you shouldn't use flex pens. It's just not for you. If you are more into the experience of writing and the feel of writing than you are about the final result of what the written words on the page look like, maybe you shouldn't use flex pens. Mm. Because it's satisfying in a way to get the flex result, but it doesn't feel better writing with a flex pen. Like, it's going to feel scratchier. You're going to have... You're much more beholden to the way that the pen is going to perform. Like, you... Have to conform to what the pen wants to do, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So you need to be okay with that and accept that. This is a this is something if you're into like calligraphy with like dip pens and like you know spring steel nib like pen points and stuff like that. That's a whole different thing. That in that world, the the products themselves are not the star. It's the people using them, and it's the end result of what you get. Result, yeah. So it's all about like getting a nice looking letter, getting your letter form to look really good. The experience of actually doing the writing is actually kind of painful a little bit.
1: Yeah, especially <laughs> with like actual, calli- like untipped calligraphy nibs. The oh, yeah. upstrokes on those are oh, just brutal. It's scratchy
0: and it's now, not Now, with fountain
1: pens, it's better because we are it's talking better. tipping material. It is. But it you is. you are not going to get but it's, it's the not, same. Yeah,
0: it's not... The, it's not it's it's it can be an enjoyable in a different way yeah. because of the result you're getting. Sure, but just in terms of like the feel and just the, the flow and stuff like yeah. that, it's 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 a much more. Oh, I don't know the right word to use, but you know, there's just there's more of an anxiousness while you're writing because yeah. especially you're, generally you're, you're trying a sense to get so attentive to it.
1: You are generally you are trying to get line variation, which means you're going to get more out of like an extra fine, flexible nib mm-hmm. than you would a broad flexible nib because you can get a broad falcon if you wanted to and that is going to be pretty that's going to feel nice yeah you're just not going to really get a lot of line variation so you can compromise but really the more line variation you are after the more fine you're going to get which means your upstrokes are going to feel very different than your downstrokes if you're using if you're actually engaging the flexitude
0: and like me personally when i'm writing it's like i i'm forming the thoughts as i'm writing the words and flex pens definitely like mess with your flow. It like like the flow of your brain of what you're trying to write. You almost need to kind of like know what it is you're you're writing before you even get into it because it's going to be it's going to be a less it's going to be more time consuming because you got to slow down when you use flex. But then also like, you know, if it railroads and you got to go back and rewrite a certain letter and something like that, that's not unusual. Um, you know, you're gonna be thinking more about that stuff than you will just about the words. So it just it puts your brain in different At fre- first anyway. in different frequencies. You could probably get to a point Especially where it's just brainless, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Neither but, of us have reached that point.
0: No, definitely not. Um and then the last point I had was um if you're not into tinkering and you just want your pen to work and not be a hassle, then you know, if you're just not like naturally somebody who's who's good like with their hands, like tactile. Uh, then you're going to be pretty frustrated with flex pens. Cause you do have to adjust and tweak and, you know, do all these different things. So you might have to adjust your own writing angle or like the, you know, you might have to heat set the feed every now and then, or, you know, if you overspring your tines, you might have to bend them back. There's all kinds of adjustments and things like that, that you have to kind of like get used to
1: buy an aftermarket feed in a lot of cases. Yeah.
0: There's just, there's a lot of it. The fidget factor is way higher as a, just a general requirement for Flex. Um, okay, so I've dogged on them pretty hard so far, and that was intentional why I said the shouldn'ts first, because the thing that we've learned from being on the, like the customer service side of Flex things, you got to be really careful when you use the word Flex as a retailer, because everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to be able to do like Spencerian calligraphy right. easily right out of the box, and it's going to be no trouble. No, that's not the And anytime the we case.
1: say Flex, we're talking about modern Flex, which a lot of people will say isn't even Flex, but... You could argue that as far as what is currently being manufactured, the more flexible of those nibs is what we refer to as flex Because vintage flex is a completely different beast.
0: It is. And we're not uh, the most qualified even speak on all the different variations of it, but, um, reasons why you should use them. So if you are into calligraphy or hand lettering or, you know, something about like the art form of doing that and you know, you care more about the end results than you do about like the time or the after the experience of what's required in writing it, then yeah, you absolutely should look into flex pens, especially if you're used to like dip calligraphy and stuff like that. Flex pens could actually be a step up in terms of ease of use and stuff like that from what you're used to. Um, and it could be a lot of fun, especially if you're like wanting to like write some kind of flex calligraphic kind of stuff more on the go. You know, if you're used to using, like dip calligraphy stuff that can be a bit more to like transport somewhere. Whereas a regular fountain pen, you can just have a flex nib in it and, you know, maybe not get as defined an experience, but it could be a good compromise for it's you. It's more flexible. So it is
2: more <laughs>
0: flexible. <laughs> um, if you have a lot of patience and you find the writing practice, like the practicing writing to be enjoyable, then you have a more dynamic experience doing it. I mean, yeah, you can definitely practice and improve your handwriting and try cursive, different fonts and scripts and stuff like that. I don't know why I said fonts, scripts, technically, if you're writing it. So you can do that with a regular fountain pen for sure. But certainly if you're using things like a stub nib or a flex nib or something like that, that increases your range and your dynamic, you know, appeal of the practicing of writing. So, if that act is something that's therapeutic, or you enjoy that, you like improving your handwriting, it can be a more dynamic tool for accomplishing that. Um, if you have a specific end goal that you're working towards, like if you're trying to letter a bunch of, say, like. Invitations to something like a wedding or, you know, some other major event. Wedding, I think, comes to mind first just because you think of, you know, calligraphy stuff or some fancy dinner party or something. A soiree. A soiree, a murder mystery game. And you want to include calligraphy in there somehow. Um, You know, having like a defined goal of something to practice towards can be kind of fun. Um, Or maybe if you're into like bullet journaling or, you know, just writing nice headers or something in your, your scrapbooks or things like that, that can be fun because you're trying, again, it's not as much about the writing practice itself, but the end result of what you're getting, um, that can be an enjoyable to kind of work towards that. Um, If you're pretty good with your hands, okay, with tinkering and troubleshooting, you like to kind of fiddle with stuff. Flex pens can be a lot of fun just in terms of the different things that you can do. You can try tweaking them. If you're into messing around with nibs and grinding them, you can try scooping out the wings and adding your own flex and you can do some crazy stuff um, that can get pretty fun. Um, And if you're into vintage pens, just in general, this is a very deep rabbit hole that you can do, but there's, you know, most of the, you know... If you're a, if you're a real flex enthusiast, you will think back to the days of old as being the more true, more whatever um, OG flex pens. Um, There's certainly like historical pens and, and well-known flex nibs that aren't made anymore. Um, and you get into the whole collection aspect of it, too. So if you're really into that, that vintagey aspect of it, um, flex pens can be a great way to kind of dive deeper into that. So I'm personally never going to hard sell anybody on getting into flex pens. I think most people are naturally curious enough and want to do it anyway. So um, I will say the experience is mostly an exercise in frustration for pretty much most people involved. Um, But if you're into it and you find it appealing, then you know there's just some hurdles and it's going to take some practice, but it can be very rewarding. Um, Flex pens require you to have basically all the basics of fountain pen use down plus all this other stuff you need for flex. So it's not something that I'm necessarily like, oh, you should try a flex pen as your first pen. I'm like, that's like a lot. You know, that's like saying like, oh, you just learned how to drive. You should buy a kit car and assemble it yourself and then drive it. like, that's probably not the best intro. No, No, thank you. Yeah, so there you go.
1: I would add on to that and say that you don't actually have to flex a lot if you did want to buy a pen that has a so-called flexible or soft nib that's true if you wanted to like if you, you could be neither one of those people that is really af- like for or against flex if you wanted to buy say a falcon a pilot falcon which is one of the best fountain pens on the market bar none, mm-hmm. and you just wanted to write with it totally normal you absolutely can and you will have a mm-hmm. great time because it is a little bouncy it is very comfortable And there are no rules that say you have to push that thing any harder than it takes to just write something. It's true. So you can absolutely enjoy a bouncy nib writing completely conventional without trying to get any line variation and have a great time. I still think the Falcon is a great choice for someone who just wants a very comfortable writing experience. It's a lightweight pen. It's a nice bouncy nib and it's super enjoyable. For that matter, the Diplomat Magnum is one that we've talked about Mm -hmm. um, as having a shockingly bouncy steel nib. Not a flex nib by any no. stretch of the imagination. Advertises
0: flex, absolutely
1: not. not. But it does provide you a little bit of a bounce. So yeah. um, that is pretty much what you're getting with modern flex nib. Anyway, they're yeah. soft, bouncy nibs rather than true flex nibs. And you know, a, a lot of people would say, but uh, you can absolutely enjoy that just mm-hmm. feeling of a softer nib without going for flex the options are always there but
0: it's true it's a good way to kind of flirt with it if you don't want to go like whole hog into the flex world yeah. getting a soft nib like a falcon or like an e95s or mm-hmm. something like that can be a good way you're going to get a great pen that you can enjoy certainly just regularly but then if you want to try the line variation thing it's there for you yeah
1: i would say it's more there for you to do line variation with the Falcon than the E95S. True, um, true. That's more like just the bounce. The Falcon is bounce or line variation, I'd say.
0: Yeah, the Falcon, th- they make a hard. Nib like a normal nib version yes. of the Falcon, which they don't. I don't even know if they import that I into the U.S. I don't think they do. I think they only import the soft nib. So that's where you do get some flexibility. It's not technically a flex nib; they don't call it flex. It's called soft. Yeah. But it's it's kind of known as one of the m- more reliable, better you know, especially in the gold nib world. Um, But yeah, the Falcon is a great way to flirt with it, and that was one of my first ones too. It yeah, get go a good sense of it. Yeah. All right, Drew. I got a question for you from Jay. You. Apparently you, specifically Drew, I'm just kidding. He just says you, talk a lot about how soft different nibs are. I guess we kind of just did. Just talk yeah. about it. Good segue. Um, gold, flex, etc. But what are the stiffest nibs out there? Are they still enjoyable to write with? Why don't fountain pens work to write on receipts? Is there an ink that does work on them? You got a four in one here with Jay. Okay,
1: Jay. Let's get down to it. Uh, so just going bit by bit here, stiff, stiffest nibs out there. Uh, first one that comes to my mind is the Platinum Preppy. It's a really well-known pen with an absolute nail of a nib. Like, And nobody will say that this nib is anything but super rigid. Yeah. Um, it just is. Sure. It's the shape of the nib. It's a very stocky nib, very stout nib. And it is really wrapped around that feed. So a lot of nibs um, kind of balance up and down because they're not really connected to the feet and they can do that a nib like the preppy nib is literally wrapped around the feet so it's got nowhere to go and yeah. it doesn't go anywhere it is a freaking nail yeah. So that thing is rigid. It's like a, it's
0: like a U channel beam yes. that you would use to like build a bridge. <laughs> exactly. Like it's like squared off and reinforced yeah. to be like structurally sound. That
1: thing isn't going anywhere. <laughs> and by that same logic, the Lamy nibs are usually pretty stiff as well, the steel nibs anyway. Um, because they do that same thing. They're very short nibs, so they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of, yeah. you know, um Whatever physics term leverage, line, I guess leverage, yeah. yeah. Leverage. Um, they don't have that going for it, and they also do wrap around the mm-hmm. feed, so they are connected to the feed in ways that most nibs are not connected to the feed. Most nibs just kind of lay on top, sometimes in a little channel, sometimes you know, just on top. But these two nibs, the preppy and the lami nibs, they literally are clamped on to it, mm-hmm. so they're very, very connected to the feed which
0: with with the exception of the lamy 14 karat gold nibs Mm -hmm. they're they're that same shape but the material itself is softer. they are so you bouncier. do get some yeah. bounce, but you're n- it's not flexing by any means. No, no, it just doesn't feel like a rigid nail.
1: Yeah. So, um as far as gold nibs go, um the Lamy nib is on the stiffer side of gold nibs. It's, Can be. it's still got a little it's got it a little bit of, it, yeah, it's definitely got more bounce yeah. than the steel nib, but yeah. um I the first you know uh, in stiffness gold nib that pops into my mind is the Platinum 3776. Mm-hmm. Um it's a very flat nib. It's a very rigid nib in my experience yeah um
0: and it's thick too like the amount of gold they use in that nib apparently is higher than most other nibs and so it's a very stiff they they actually design it to be a pretty stiff nib. yeah
1: so it definitely is and to answer the second part of your question are they enjoyable to write with absolutely the prep, the preppy is immensely enjoyable to write with yes it's a nail but it is a consistently writing nail it doesn't dry out well at like it it stays reliable it really is it's (laughs) It's a very reliable nail it's true it's sturdy it writes for you every time it's tried and true and that's why it's probably the most like it's probably one of the fountain pens it's probably the japanese fountain pen that's gotten into the hands of the most people like
0: probably i mean especially because the price is so low yeah So
1: i would say like it's 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 out there yeah Um, yeah
0: that's a pretty easy argument
1: So definitely easy to write with, and the Lamy, of course, easy to write with. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not as consistency and as consistent in nib size as the Preppy is, mm-hmm. but as far as performance go, sure. And the amount of ease that the Lamy nibs possess in the ability to switch mm-hmm. them out and enjoy different sorts of writing experiences.
0: I'd be remiss to say too, speaking about Lamy, because they have their regular 14 karat nibs. That's the same like shape and everything. And it's interchangeable with. You Know, like they have those on some of the studios mm-hmm. and CP1 and stuff like that. The one on the Lamy 2000 that we talk about so much, Puncher Bingo card, um, that one is also a 14 karat gold nib, but it's a different design than totally. all the rest of the pens. That that nib is stiff, it's crazy, like yeah. there is very little bounce to that thing, yeah. So, that that's an example of a generally I like nibs that are a little bouncier, but the Lamy 2000 is one that it's just so tiny, I don't look for that, yeah, yeah. I don't look for that in this, yeah. Name
1: so yeah definitely easy to write with the platinum preppy and the lummi um, safari all-star any of those lummi nibs Mm -hmm. great experiences and the platinum 3776 as well it's not my cup of tea it's actually one of my least favorite nibs but it is a lot of people's favorite nib and you there are people that say it's the best gold nib out there it's not my preference but it obviously has its fans so Mm -hmm. a lot of people love that nib so it's
0: a good nib. yeah i like it
1: um absolutely pleasurable to write with all of these
0: and i will say they have some it's not that many pens, but they do have 3776s sometimes that have a soft nib mm-hmm. on it. That feels more like a regular, like, pilot, right? Kind of bouncy nib. Yeah. Those I'm like, I'll use the regular platinum nib and I'm like, yeah, this is a good nib. And then I use the soft one, I'm like, yeah, I like this better. That's how it should be, yeah. but they're all
1: good. They're I do like good. that nib, I yeah. do like that nib. Um, and then receipt paper. I found this one interesting because mm. I have been guilty in the past of saying, like, hey, you know what? Sometimes fountain pens aren't the thing. You know, Grab a Retro 51 if you need to sign your receipts. And I was like, you know what? I can't remember the last time I actually used a fountain pen on some receipts. So mm. I went out into my car the other day after I got this question, uh-huh. and I grabbed a bunch of uh, receipts that just Probably I was keeping Waffle intentionally. Waffle
0: Bojangles, Taco Bell. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Did you there read this already? Maybe... No, I didn't. I'm just literally thinking of what receipts that you would have shoved in your car
1: <laughs> wendy's bojangles lowe's and duncan
0: okay in the vein in the vein <laughs> so no taco bell no Shane keeps saying no to taco
1: bell like i'm gonna have to go there by myself wow. uh but yes i is it. on, on your there. bodies i'll say that Bojangles is on there but anyway I, 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 I was i brought them all in i'm like i'm gonna write on these all right so i can say right now the three pens i have inked up are all monteverde inks i have scotch brown brown sugar and uh this green um Yosemite Green. And it wrote fine. Like, all yeah. of them wrote fine on both sides, hmm. even on the slick side. And they actually all dried pretty quick, too. Really? Yeah. So, I've got no complaints. Like, I think that, you know, by, this what is nip,
0: a... What nib sizes are you working with on We've pants? got an extra
1: fine Lamy 2000 that actually writes kind of wet. Um, we've okay. got a Bennu with uh, medium? Something? Mm. I don't know.
0: It's a medium. That's pretty... Yeah, I mean... It's, that's pretty... That's that's not a and thin then, nib.
1: And then I've got a uh, Mirage Mythos with uh, medium. That's medium. Okay, so that one's probably fine. That one's probably medium. Okay. But yeah, I mean, they're putting out I some... I mean, they're meat. not stingy. No, they're not stingy. Hmm. And they all wrote just fine. I mean, they didn't look amazing, but they kept their color just fine. Yeah. So I would say you might be fine writing on receipt paper with a fountain pen. It might not give you the trouble that you think it might give you.
0: It's probably tough because like that's not what the receipts are necessarily like designed around. No, no, no. So I can imagine the experience being wildly inconsistent from like one restaurant to another or... I mean, there's four
2: right another.
1: here. <laughs> you never know. I mean, I, I get... Who knows? I, I did a short, a small study myself and I found no problems. So if you have a particular store that just it does not have... Now, to be fair, you don't need to sign these receipts because these are from fast food places. <laughs> well, so you know i'll i'll bring one with me to the restaurant next time i you know okay. n- you know need to dine out but
0: i mean to get to get a little more into like the science of why it may not work as consistently it's because these receipts they're using thermal paper yeah. which is like got a like a waxier kind of substance to it it's not even if it's necessarily even made to write on like ballpoint pens don't even write that great on this paper generally no, speaking no. so that's not what they're designed for they're designed so that when you heat them up with a laser they print and show text on it that's pretty much what it is yep. so and yeah. you you
1: the, that waxy coating might get up in your times too so probably yeah, not if
0: you're writing it on the i wouldn't it, if you like do it a, a lot but. i wouldn't do a nano rhymo challenge on receipt paper necessarily but <laughs> if <laughs> that's all ones. you got and you want to show off your pen in yeah. front of somebody over a fancy dinner
1: go for it give it a shot go for it nothing bad is gonna happen
0: yeah
1: i don't know about nothing like you what, might
0: what could possibly happen
1: you could spend a lot at the restaurant. I'm not going to be held accountable for that.
0: No, that has nothing to do with the pen you signed. Or sign. food poison. You've already spent the. It's not my fault. You've already spent the money at the point that you're signing it with your pen. Anyway, all right, Drew.
1: Yeah. Question number three from Next. Alan it mm-hmm. says, "Dear Brian and Drew, a stamp collector is called a mm-hmm. philatelist. 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 <laughs> a coin collector is called a numismatist. What mm. is a fountain pen collector called?"
0: Great question. I did a little research on this to little avail, unfortunately.
1: That's fine. It means we get to make up our own.
0: We do. Um, I don't believe that there is a specific definition for a pen collector, but my online research brings up the term stylophile. Oh, yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, Breaking it down a little bit. stylus. I don't know if I pronounced that right in Latin, meaning stake or stylo in Greek, meaning pillar. Mm. The term started being used for writing instrument as a stylus around the early 1800s, and then you have phyllus, no sorry, f- phyllus in Latin or philo in Greek means love. So stylophile would essentially mean one who loves writing instruments, hmm. or maybe you just love pillars that also could could apply. Hmm. Um, not specific to fountain pens. Mm. So fountain pen, a fountain pen in general is a relatively you know that didn't exist in you know ancient Greek or Latin times. So we're not really able to derive that specificity out of yeah. an ancient language. But you know, my question though was, you know, you have what is it, philatelist and a numismatist, mm-hmm. but though that's like that's like, so these are like collectors. And technically I think it was like one who studies something was kind of what I was deriving from it in my research. Um, you know, like a philatelist is, is someone who like studies or collects. Uh, it's not just stamps. It's basically like mailing like products, like envelopes. And, paraphernalia. Yeah. Like all, like all manner of transport, portative writing th- things like wow. so stamps is part of it, but it also encompasses I guess people who collect like envelopes and other things like that too. Yeah, postcards and stuff like huh. that. Um, so I was like, I didn't know if like a f- like the file part like style of file is like someone who loves you know pens, but is there like someone who like collects it? Is there like a more serious? I was like, mm. is it like the the ist part yeah, the, the, of the term, the like ist, the, 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 the ist, kind of because if you're denotes, like if you're into science, you're a scientist. Yeah, the ist like kind of denotes studies. some
1: sort of expertise, right? So and a file kind of sounds like an addict. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some, a b- bibliophile—that's someone who just like loves to
0: read. Yeah, so, someone who loves to read or collects books or something. So like, like that. So I like
1: the file. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I can think it fits. It's it's more about the passion than the yeah, study. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: Um. So I don't know. Would you? I mean. Would you call like a pen collector or a student be like a a stylist or a sty- styloist? Maybe. Stylo- well, we're not worried about that. We're worried stylophilist? about stylophilist.
1: Like, we're worried about the passion though, that that's 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 our jam. I think
0: stylophile is probably yeah probably the most stylophile. appropriate term. There was nothing that I was able to find in any official manner. That, that makes that was me think of that, when- that, <laughs> that.
1: makes me think of that. Uh, you know that meme with Arnold's hand and Carl Weathers' hand doing like the super muscular like hand yeah. grip. You could have. You know, fountain pen lovers over here, column lovers over here, and then style a file in the middle. It's like, <laughs> That's right. When well, you have a convention, bring the bring the, bring your column lovers to love the next some, pen show.
0: Love me some columns. There we go. Um. Yeah. But, I mean, all words are basically just made up anyway. Yeah. So, so we, can we pretty could, much make it be whatever we want. If you have
1: a better idea, you know, we'll just say it and keep yeah. saying it not shut up about it for a while. And yeah. maybe it'll happen. I mean –
0: I will say good lord my, we're
1: still saying turkey hammock
0: I know you never thought that would have stuck <laughs> we just made that up Um but yeah in my internet research I was able to find like forums and message boards going back like 17 years oh wow that were still debating this exact same thing really that were like yeah I guess we call stylophile ourselves? but is there something else like coin collectors get their own name uh, what about this that and the other and I was like nobody had any better answers and I was like alright well we're not going to solve this problem but we can at least talk about it anyway mm. That's all I got for you. Style file, maybe? Style unless, file. Unless you got better ideas. It makes me think
1: you're we're stylish or something. I don't, I don't know. But
0: you wouldn't want to say like pen o file. Nope. Like that, nope. R- that didn't Let's sound good. Let's leave that alone. Nope. So I don't admit. Style is a better direction. Let's go, Let's with, style. go with that. Great. Okay. Awesome. All right. Anyway, um, I got a question for you, Drew. This is from Coralie and. Oh, my gosh. I am having a hard time with names today. The,
1: the names are not easy Coral-
0: on this one. Leanne, Coral i
1: start giving you all aliases. Okay. Yeah, Bill Johnson says. There you go.
0: Um, do you have any pens in your current collection that you rarely use? Oh. If so, why?
1: Because why? I don't actually like pens. Why do you hate your pens, Jerome? I'm Drew? a poser.
0: You're not a stylophile. No. You're a whatever the opposite I'm of that a is. I'm a
1: fakie McFakerson. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I do have some. And uh, it saddens me to some extent, but I have reasons. I have reasons for all of them. So
0: You need to explain yourself. The
1: first one that came to mind was the Conid Bulk Filler Minimalistica. I love that pen so much. That pen's so cool. Why don't you use it?
0: Oh, do you use yours? Uh, We're not talking about me right now. We're talking about you, Uh, Drew.
1: Okay, so here's the thing. If uh, you're familiar with Conid, they have a very unique filling mechanism. And uh, these pens are hard to get these days. And I find myself pretty frequently showing people how these things fill. And after a while of doing that, I just stopped inking it up because I always want to show people how the mechanism works. So now it's just kind of like a display show-off piece because I'm like, hey, check this out. Look, you push this thing here and it engages this and you pull it back. So I like to have it ready to do that because it, that's like such a fun part of the pen. So I just never mm. inked that one up. It's a nice pen. I like to write with it, but I like to show it off more than I like to write with it, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then there <laughs> are pens that are complicated to clean. Um, I have an Edison Menlo a pump filler mm-hmm. so it's got a bladder in it and a little button and every time you pump it the bladder sucks ink up through this little straw that's glued to the end of the feed it's a super cool it's pen cool concept and it's got a double broad gold nib so Weird. it's just like pfft. so it is actually really fun to write with yeah but not easy to clean yeah and it's got a rubber bladder in there or like i guess it'd be a diaphragm cuz it, it kind of just does that deal yeah. um so Uh, And Brian Gray told me that, you know, only use gentle inks in there. So Mm. I'm pretty much just using Urban inks. (laughs) Okay. So I'm a little limited there. So I don't know. I just never reach for it.
0: That seems like a bit of a a lot of considerations you got to make. Yeah.
1: So I I don't don't use that one too much because it's the cleaning thing. And then I've got Mm. to um a, a conklin crescent filler that i don't usually use because it's got the bladder in yeah, there anything with a
0: bladder there's a reason why a lot of pen companies don't make bladder pens i like to anymore. i like
1: to see how clean something is you know and you oh, can't yeah, you're never getting that with a bladder. i know i know so mm-hmm. i don't use those two so that, that's the cleaning aspect um there's the demonstration aspect with the cone, the cleaning aspect with some of those mm. and then um there's this one's weird i don't like i i tend to not use pens that have too much capacity so I I, that. I love my I have a VAC seven hundred R an Iris. Okay. And I have a Twisby five eighty Prussian blue. Both of which I love. They're beautiful pens. you think those have too much they, capacity?
0: I mean the VAC seven hundred F. Yeah.
1: I like to change out my inks
0: often. So you don't have to fill them all the way. Yeah, you I guess I don't have partially. to do that. I guess the VAC I, the VAC is a little hard. But the VAC is hard to fill partially, I'll give you that.
1: It is. And but and then but both of them though, you still do have to, you know. I like to have my pens completely clean, and it is a bit more to clean both those pens. Yeah, so it is. I just don't find myself reaching for them.
0: Oh, the Prussian blue, though. Drew. I
1: know it's a that
0: pen is on. Awesome. It's a stunningly beautiful
1: pen. I just it's too much. I like I, I like to sample a bunch of inks. Like the amount of times I've used an ink twice, probably I could count on my hands. Yeah, true. Like true. I, I like to switch true. it up. There's so much. We we're, they're all right back there, Brian. We've got like 700 inks, I know, like I know. 50 yards away.
0: This is probably like unique to your situation. Like you only keep three pens inked at a time. You change out your inks constantly. Yeah. So like things that are more of a hassle to clean and yeah. all that, like that, that does make sense to so, me. Uh,
1: so so I, I I have found myself avoiding high capacity pens, which makes me sad because I do love them. Okay. Um, I, I don't, you know, forsake them. I still use them just infrequently. Oh, I think um, we're hearing
0: you loud and clear, Drew. You yeah. hate the Twizby Vax That I rarely use. You do use not fundamentally rarely. agree with the existence of the Prussian blue. If and then
1: video. finally, there are the pens that are just too nice. Um, I have my Montegrappa Elvis pen that's like super fancy. It's, and I, I've only inked that one up two times. Really? Um, I love it, but it's just, it's so fancy. Mm. And then I was uh, gifted a Waterman's 52 from like 1910 Ooh. that I, I have written with it. It Ooh. writes amazingly beautiful, but it is in its original box with the original instructions. Oh yeah, that's kind of special. It's so special. and But yeah. I know it's like one of the most amazing writing pens it flexes amazingly well yeah but you want it to stay that way though i know i know and it's been but the the bladder's been replaced like you and i both
0: dropped pens we've ruined nibs. like you know it can happen i know i love that pen Uh, so much but i'm a little nervous about it i have a waterman 52 as well that i almost never use for that exact reason it's so
1: cool though um (laughs) so anyway yeah there's like the two nice things the too much capacity things the hard to clean things and then the coated because i just want to play with it
0: that, that all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all pretty logical. Um, for me though, I mean, if I inked it up and just haven't cleaned it, would you still consider that using it? Cause if so, I have used a lot, I use a lot of pens <laughs> actively. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, for me, the ones that are rarer, harder to clean, harder to repair, that mm-hmm. kind of thing kind of fits in there too. Um, let's see here. Um, I tend to maybe use some like weird, special, unique pens maybe a little bit less often just because it's not as helpful like the context of how we end up using pens is like we're often sharing our experience of using them showing them in videos and things like that if i'm using all this crazy weird stuff that nobody can get or maybe i got it at a antique situation and i don't even know really that much about the pen. I'm yeah. like, ah, if I show this to people, I'm going to get questions I can't answer. Yeah, That's not really helpful to anybody. So I'm maybe a little less inclined to use like the particularly weird pens. I'm the same way. They're not as regularly available. I've got a lot
1: of pens that are from brands that we uh, no longer sell or that we can't sell. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I love I, I love writing with my Mont Blanc 159, 49. Um, but uh, if I could, I only do three pens. If I write with three pens that I can talk about and learn about and educate myself about. Like, why wouldn't I just use those? Like I use it it every every now and then. Yeah.
0: To like have the experience and be knowledge. like I'm the same way. Like I'll acquire, I'll acquire just about anything. Let's be honest. But you know, a pens that like we're not carrying or like a brand that's not around anymore that we couldn't carry even if we wanted to, like I'll, I'll get those just because I want to know about them have that, that information, that experience, but it doesn't mean I need to be like actively using them, you know, a lot of, they're more like for reference, Yeah. you know, which for our purposes is maybe a, a bit unique though. Other people might feel the same way. They just like to have a variety of experience, yeah. but for us, like for the purposes of like our jobs and like what we do, it makes more sense to like actively be using the pens that, you know, y'all are using and we're talking about more. And, and the
1: 149 like. is we don't carry it. It's hard to clean and too much capacity. So for me, that's like a triple. A good, that's no. a
0: triple now. I've got a 149 that's got a double broad Ugh. oblique or what? something. It's got some weird. I think it's maybe just a regular double broad. God. But it's like, okay, that thing is like, that's a it's too much. Yeah. It's just too much, but it is a cool pen. Um, And then let's see here. What else do I have? Any pens with sacks? I'm right there with you. They're just a, kind of a pain to deal with. Um, They're a lot of trouble to clean. And then I have another one, uh, duplicate pens. So like, for example, Lamy Safari. How many versions of a Lamy Safari do I have? You've got like 40. I have a lot because I collect them, right? So I collect the different colors. But like, I might want to use a Safari every now and then, but I'll go back to the same like charcoal Safari, you know? So especially if I have a pen where there's like, a collection and some rarer ones in there, I'm not gonna go back and use the like yeah. orange one that it would be really hard for me to replace. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep that one for reference and I'll use the charcoal one that if I drop it or lose it or whatever, I can just go grab another one. You know, So I, I definitely, any duplicate pens or collecting you know, type purposes, I'll use, maybe if it's not an exact duplicate, like the same model, but in a different color that's more easier to replace or deal with or whatever, it's not as special. So there you go, that's mine, that's my process. All right,
1: also makes a ton of sense. Yes, indeed. All right. right. Oh, this is a fun one. All right. Matt is putting us in the hot seat and asking us, what was one of your biggest professional setbacks slash failures with Goulet Pens? How did you overcome it? And most importantly, what did you learn from it?
0: And I made a deal with you, Drew, that if we finish the Q&A by an hour, which we started at about two minutes, it's at 53 minutes right now. No, that ain't happening. So if we answer this question in less than nine minutes, Mm then we'll do a hypothetical, Doubtful. so we'll see. Um, setbacks. Uh, are you talking just today or maybe this <laughs> week or ever? Because there's kind of too many to cover. Um, I really could pretty much write a dissertation on all of my own personal setbacks and failures. Uh, but I think if I had to say the most obvious setback, it would be COVID. May That'll have heard huge, of it. Massive setback. <laughs> um, the, the shutdown initially, and then all of the impacts that have come out of everything that's happened since COVID, I'm still dealing with a lot of that. Um, it's really kind of tough to separate my own like issues that kind of all wrap into that versus just like stuff that's happened, you know, in the world that have setbacks because it's all kind of still happening. Um, but COVID for sure has been like the biggest external setback that we've ever experienced as a company by far. Um, It still impacts us today with like ripple effects from everything from supply chain issues, economic uncertainty, um, distraction just from like the news and social media and all that and having to, you know, not only absorb that, but then compete with that in, you know, places like YouTube and other things. Um, just ch- changes in online platforms and, and privacy settings and all these types of things that we have to navigate. Um, you know, so those all impact like marketing and advertising, you name it. It's like the, the impacts that have happened have been numerous. Um, but some of the biggest like learning and benefits from all the COVID stuff that's happened. Um, we've incorporated things like more hybrid work and more flexibility, balancing like work and personal life and health stuff like as a company, but then also just like Rachel and I personally have gotten a lot better sense of balance of things since COVID.
1: Yeah, you um, guys set a great example there.
0: We are trying, <laughs> we are a work in progress. Um, and then um, just building resilience in times of uncertainty like this, that has been an un- un- unwelcomed uh, aspect of <laughs> the whole COVID situation. Um, but yeah, that, that COVID was probably a very obvious answer, but that is the biggest one for me. And it's still, still ongoing. Y- you okay?
1: I just noticed the sign's a little bright. It's a little bright? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. You want to turn it down a little bit? (laughs) We got this custom sign made, and it's like, oh, that's even brighter. It's got this very Ah, imprecise. Too much. much. There we go. Uh, You can do it. You can do it. Ah, down again. It's too light. It's about where it was.
1: (laughs) Oh, golly. You just keep on going
0: you have to like hold this like touch sensitive button and it just gets brighter and darker. And you have to like find the gradient somewhere in there perfectly. You know what I bet? It, I bet it's cause we lost power like a couple of weeks ago and it probably like reset it's setting. There we go. I'm gonna, I'm That's gonna, not bad. That's not I'm bad. That's better than that. it was. Yeah. All right. There you go. Cool. Drew, how about you? What are your um, failures?
1: The first thing that, uh, <laughs> I thought about was one of my first interviews. Um, it was, uh, Rachel and I interviewing mm-hmm. somebody and I, uh, used to be more uncomfortable with silence than I am now. I'm better, still have a long way to go. Mm. But um, this interviewee was giving very short, nondescriptive answers, and I absolutely started leading him. Mm. Like, so so what you're saying is, you know, this and this and this and this and this. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> much it. I was like, okay, go, awesome, awesome, thank you. Uh, so <laughs> what about this? Um, yeah. So, what, like, So you probably say that, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. maybe you are like, yeah, spoon, exactly. Spoon feeding Exa- the oh, answers? it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Because I couldn't, I just couldn't <laughs> sit in that awkward silence. And I just started just leading him and leading him. And I was just yeah. like, I knew as soon as it was over, I'm like, well, that was terrible. <laughs> so I learned a lot from that one. And you basically
0: uh, interviewed yourself in that. <clears throat> I in did. That yeah. <laughs>
1: it was absolutely awful worst interview i've ever done Mm. and uh but i got better after that you know i had i had my moments here and there but i identified them quickly and i was never quite as lost as i was in that one interview it was one of my first ones so um you know i had it's you know you gotta start somewhere but it was oh god just thinking looking back and thinking about it like (laughs) jeez that was so terrible um and then uh one of my biggest learning moments this was another managerial learning moment was Um, I had a team member that I thought I was supporting by giving them autonomy Mm. and, you know, uh, really not wanting to micromanage. And I, I, in that instance, learned that the balance is really important and that you're not serving someone as a leader if you're not present in, Mm. you know, helping them optimize themselves. And distance does not equal trust. Like trust, like you know, autonomy is a part of that trust equation. Right. But simply saying, you know, nope, I trust you, you got it, and not following up often, mm-hmm. not giving them the direction that they need to do their job well, that's not that's not the end all be all. Yeah. And um, the job wasn't getting done, and mm-hmm. I it was a it was a learning opportunity on my part because. You know, I figured out that that balance is absolutely necessary and it's not micromanaging if it's needed. And you need to let that team member show you what's needed and what's not needed. Mm. And you need to pay attention to what they're showing you because everybody's different. And one team member Mm -hmm. might be showing you, actually, no, like even if they don't want it, they're showing you that they need a little bit more direct involvement or they're showing you that they don't. But all Mm. you need to do is just pay attention. And see what's there. And if you pay attention, you can let them decide how much you know you can pull back. Like ideally, yes, you will want to pull back. Like your, your job as a leader is not to sit there and tell them what to do every day. Like you right. that's not a good leader. You want to be able to have everything working on its own, mm-hmm. ideally. Um, but everybody takes a different amount of time and a different mm-hmm. style and a different approach in order to get there. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a big learning opportunity for me. It was
0: like, it's a hard, it's hard balance to find between like, especially when you've been a performer and now you're leading people in that role then like not micromanaging and trying to like tell them exactly how to do it, but then also like checking in, being there to support. Being clear with them about what's expected, but then letting them kind of find their own way, it is its own yeah. art form. It really and is. even and
1: sometimes they might even tell you like, "Yep, I got. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna get it done. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm good. Like, I got this." And you're, you're like, like, "Let's uh, and I, let and me you, verify that." Right? You, <laughs> know. you
1: don't want to be that person, and be like, "Yeah, I don't believe you." And it's hard to it's hard to say, "Well, I'd still like to follow up without sounding like I don't trust you." Right? But you need to, and it it, it helps everybody because the job does need to get done, and that person's not going to benefit. From not finishing their work, like they're not going to see a win there. Yeah. Um. So that that was a tough lesson learned, and um. You know, I think I, I I think I developed quite a bit after that, but it was a tough one. And I don't know that that balance. You don't always hit that balance every time. It's it's it it's really tough. requires upfront and very clear communication from both the leader and the direct report, mm. because if you are a team member in telling your leader what you need and you're not honest, you're not going to get what you need. Hmm. And if you're not making sure that you're upfront in, you know, bringing that information out of your team member, you're not going to get out what you need. So it does require, you know, both, but yeah. um, you know, you need to be able to create that relationship and that open channel of communication. But yeah. it's
0: a rough one. Yeah. Most of the biggest challenges we have are people related. Just because people are complex and supporting people well. And we have we high standards well. for ourselves. We do. Because we, like that, yeah.
1: like we, we hire great people. And we always yeah. have. But, um, you know, and so it's not like anything, you know, all of our people challenges are a result of not having good people. They're a result of us wanting to do the absolute best for them. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that, that's not easy.
0: Often it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. There you go.
1: So Yeah, that's mine.
0: Cool. All right, that's all we got for Q and A. If you have questions and you're an audio listener, shoot us an email at pencast@gulapens.com, at or ask us in the you know comments on YouTube or wherever the heck you happen to see us. Okay, right. we're, we're at right 101 at an hour, pretty much, Drew. Well, if you want to do a hypothetical,
1: is it would be a super easy hypothetical? We
0: could do an easy one.
1: All right, so I have this memorized because it uh, this hypothetical came to us from none other than Hill Ari. Um, so, okay. uh, Hillary, she's always sending us random questions. Awesome. So, uh, Hillary sent us this a couple of weeks ago, and um, she says, What, objectively, is the best cheese?
0: The best cheese? <laughs> objectively. I was not expecting that. Objectively,
1: okay. the superior cheese.
0: Can you have an objectively best cheese? That sounds like a subjective answer to I, me. I don't. I. I have some thoughts. I can say subjectively what I think no, cheese. No, no,
1: she, Hill Ari sub, says subjectively. This is what Obje, is required. Of us. Objectively.
0: Objectively. Objectively, yes. Okay. I will. We have to
1: bring science into this. Science, data, take ourselves out of the cheese equation. Take your cheese preferences and throw them out the
0: door. How am I going to do that? What, <laughs> I'm I'm no I'm cheese connoisseur, so there could be some magical cheese I've never experienced. I don't think there's magical that cheese. fits. The, there's a lot of types
1: of cheese. All right, do like, you want to hear my 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 thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and tee this off, and maybe <clears throat> I'll I'll like just tack onto your answer.
1: If I'm being subjective, uh, it's
0: it's why it's, are you being subjective? I'm just, the just saying. I'm I'm, to be I'm showing too. off, right?
1: I'm going to show you how I can just throw my personal cheese feelings out the door. Okay, I'm a cheddar man. I love me some cheddar. Okay, I put cheddar on my pizza. Okay. I lo- my ma- my perfect mac and cheese is just plain elbow macaroni okay. with a ton of ch- like freshly grated cheddar mixed in. Put that in the oven for a little while. That's no, my macaroni no, and cheese. Not a bad way to go. Love it. Cheddar my burgers. Cheddar, cheddar, cheddar. My, my, sharp, my, mild, extra sharp. Extra sharp. Extra sharp. sharp, extra as sharp, sharp, sharp as can be. Extra sharp You want it to like cut your store. mouth. You want it Absolutely. to be so sharp. At, like my ideal <laughs> sn- movie snack is just nacho, like just tortilla chips, with a layer of cheddar, more tortilla chips, more cheddar, more tortilla chips, more cheddar, bake, delicious, wow. nothing
0: else. Doesn't that come out as like one solid chip? No, Isn't no. it like adhered together?
1: No, no. You, the <laughs> great, freshly grated cheese melts pretty well okay. rather than okay. the sprinkle stuff in the bag. I got gotcha. you. I'm right? a cheddar man. Love me some cheddar. All right. Cheddar bow biscuits. Mm.
0: Oh, those so are
1: good. I'm going to toss cheddar out the door, Brian, because you cheddar is not objectively is not an objective the superior cheese. Okay. The superior cheese is mozzarella.
0: Mozzarella is pretty good.
1: Mozzarella can be eaten just plain. It's delicious. It can be eaten on a pizza in discs. It can be eaten on a pizza just in sprinkles. You can put a slice of mozzarella on any, you know, uh, deli sandwich and have it be enjoyable. Like anywhere you can put mozzarella on nachos and have a great mm. time. You Like mozzarella can be go just about wherever any other cheese can go. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't, so and you can't, if you take away mozzarella, you are ruining pizza. Like even as much as I love cheddar, putting a whole pile of cheddar on pizza, <laughs> cheddar, a is, bit much. cheddar is so oily too. Yeah. Like it, that wouldn't work. Like you could say provolone maybe if you wanted just a less tasty pizza. I mean, provolone is basically just a, you know, sadder version of mozzarella.
0: I mean, purple is good as a sandwich cheese, but I wouldn't want that on, like, nah. a pizza or a no. salad. I mean, it has a salad, to I guess, would be
1: okay. It has to be mozzarella,
0: right? Mozzarella, that's a really solid answer. I mean,
1: you, you're not going to, like, if, you're, if you've got a party and you've got a little deli tray, your veggies, your, you know, mixed up, whatever, and no, you might not be able to have those little cheese cubes of Swiss cheddar and pepper jack, but putting mozzarella there is quite, that's even better. So...
0: Especially if you get some like buffalo mozzarella, like some real fresh stuff. Oh, that stuff is good. Also, mozzarella it is the superior is
1: cheese to throw at someone. Like, yeah, like a, a big ball of it. Yeah, yeah, a big wet ball. Like that's the that is the has the perfect throwing cheese. Hit someone right in the back of the neck. If of, you hit somebody enemies. with a block of
0: cheddar. Like you're gonna you're gonna no, knock them I don't, out. <laughs> I don't I
1: don't hate anybody that much. But there's some people, there's a couple people I would like chuck a nice wet ball of cheddar right at the back yeah. of their head.
0: I feel like brie is a good for throwing cheese as well. Oh, like that's a nice. I don't hate anybody it's that got much kind either. softs. You know, <laughs> like especially it's hot got brie. Kind of a mozzarella. I don't have oh, a hot. God. I don't have a hot. No. Just splat. No. Brie would have a little bit of give to it. You know, nice and soft. Depends
1: on how much you warm it up.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I don't know what I'm visualizing here. I, I would visualize uh.
1: like really hot brie that you just score in certain areas. So upon mm. impact, it explodes in a nice, wet, burning.
0: Oh my gosh, m- it's like napalm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cheese. This is terrible. I mean, um, mozzarella is a really good answer. I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. come up with a better one than that. I think it has to. Be. I like mozzarella. Gouda too. I love it's not Gouda. A, no. It's not as universal no. as mozzarella. No, that's a. I can't come up with better.
1: Mozzarella, the superior cheese.
0: All right, thank you, Hill Ari.
1: There we go. Good question. And if anybody else uh, doesn't feel that's true, um, keep it out of my comment section because I don't want it. you keep you keep your you keep your cheese nonsense to yourself unless you want to agree yes mozzarella is superior
0: yeah that's the way to go that people definitely won't share their opinions when you tell them it's not welcome so get get your cheese out of here good job on that take your cheese feelings and put them out the door (laughs) drew's just trolling for (laughs) comments right now oh my gosh okay Uh, well
1: if you disagree with me one day you're gonna have a soggy ball of mozzarella
0: (laughs) thank you oh my gosh drew's just gonna be pelting you with mozzarella (laughs) like a snowball fight. when you least
1: expect it oh my god! you'll be in the Arby's ordering yourself a beef and cheddar and uh, nowhere no well wet uh, ball mozzarella,
0: mozzarella it's gonna smack you <laughs> upside the head what is happening right now oh, what god. is this turned into I'm uh, kind of hungry anyway I know I could eat some cheese <laughs> I, right want, now. Some pizza. I, I want some pizza I do kind of want some pizza I might be getting pizza tonight for my kids That sounds uh, amazing pick them up on the way home uh, anyway well that was a fun question but uh, now we're gonna pen spotlight the pilot Pereira so let's check that thing out all right, there's the Pereira, Pereira, everybody. Drew, is this a pocket pen? Would you call this a pocket pen? <sighs> I mean- That's where we gotta start off with this here,
1: Here's the thing. The Twisby Vac Mini is just like a few millimeters apart from
0: this. And if that is called a mini- Is it shorter than this? The mini, is it shorter? Just by a little bit. Just by a tiny bit. Yeah, just by hair. It's not a huge pen, but I, you know, it's, it's not a pen-, oh. pen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's ignore that. That was chunky. That was loud. All right. So it's not it's not a huge pen, no. but it is, you know, unlike other pens that we've used, you know, here laughably. Um, this one I can write with without it posted. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. It fits in there. Like, it's, it's comfortably, like, tucked in, you know? Yeah. So it is doable. I prefer it posted, especially Definitely. because it's such a light pen. Yeah. It feels a little more balanced in my hand, you know, and then I don't have to be like as intentional about like keeping it up there. I can, I can move my hand further back or whatever. Um, But it definitely is a smaller pen for sure. It is. It is. Um, I think this one gets overlooked a lot because it's a clear pen, um, you know, so it maybe doesn't distinguish itself quite as much as other clear pens. The price point itself is in like, I think it's 60 bucks, 60, 70 bucks in that, in that price range. Which is quite a bit of a jump off from most of the other pilots. It
1: is, because it does have the same nib.
0: The same nib is what you get on the Kakuno, the uh, Explorer, the Metropolitan... Which honestly is not a bad thing because no, it's a great if nib. you wanted to have spares or swap it out with different sizes, you can get other nib sizes with this, you know. The, cockanos you
1: the $14 and yeah, a $14 spare nib is actually more affordable than a lot of other spare nibs on the market.
0: This is true. And then you get a smiley face Free on Free pen, it. yeah. Um, I do like the demonstrator aspect to it. You can use cartridges or converters. It does not fit a CON70. Um it's tempting to want to eyedropper convert it, but I don't think that that's generally wise just because you get this whole back section here. I don't know like yeah. how well-glued this is. I've heard of some I've people. I've done it before. Yeah,
1: it can be done.
0: It's been done successfully, but I've, had, I've seen other people that have done it and it's leaked. Yeah, I would So I don't think it's is. the most reliable. I also don't think it's totally necessary. You can just fill a, a cartridge and, yeah. and be just fine. Um, other neat things about this. Let's see. The cap. Is awesome. Like it is one of the more satisfying. Here, put, 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 put that up
1: to your mic you and do that. So yeah, i will just like, oh yeah,
0: that's nice. That's very nice. That's nice. Very satisfying cap. Um, the thing that I don't necessarily love about it, I know I don't what know you're how you say. Feel, It's yep. the white insert. Like it's okay. It doesn't like not match it's the pen. It's so it's just big. in your freaking yeah. face. And everything and then else hides is so nib, clear. And I'm like, I want to see the nib. Yeah. Now, I mean, on the plus side, if you get any inky splatteriness happen up here, it's going to be less obvious. Though I will say- This one's pretty
1: easy to remove, isn't it? Uh,
0: this one is a little bit more of a pain.
1: Oh, it is? Is it screwed in?
0: Um, I honestly don't remember. I feel like there was extra steps involved with this one. You're probably right. It's like kind of squared off inside uh, of there. Oh, yeah. So I feel like I- had to do something weird with it before. Because normally what I'll do is I'll take a pencil and I'll wrap in a, race, a yeah. like a rubber band you know, or something band like that type. around the end. And that friction is enough to get it out. But I feel like on this one, I actually used like a square drive, like screwdriver oh, bit okay. well, to get mind. it out. But th- it wasn't a problem. I mean, if you have some basic tools, you can do it. Um, and I you might be able to do it with a rubber band pencil trick, but I think I just found it easier to, yeah. to do it.
1: It is um, really well made though. In the hand, it yeah. does feel... Like the the Metropolitan has a substance to it. It does have a weight to it that this one does not have. Mm-hmm. But overall, the Metropolitan does feel, uh, I don't know, it's, it's way more simple. It's less complex. So, I mean, if you look at this pen, yeah. you've got a lot more segments to it than you do with the Metropolitan. Mm-hmm. And it is harder to polish a clear pen like this. So you do see some manufacturing extra steps that I think contribute to the cost. But overall, it's a really nice pen, really easy to use pen that fits a wide variety of hand types. Yeah, and you do get a. It lot doesn't.
0: Of... It doesn't have as aggressive as a step no. as the Metropolitan has, so that's really nice, especially if you find that your finger falls like right on the the cross between the grip and the body. Mm-hmm. It's it's really rounded off. It's not obtrusive at all, so that's quite comfortable. I think overall, the the Prayer has a really good reputation. It it's does a super reliable writer really attractive pen. It's very lightweight. So writing with it for a long period of time is really easy and it's easy on the hand and it's a really good size. I think, I mean, it it looks a little smaller in my hand because I have c- particularly large hands, but it's still comfortable enough for me. But I think this is like a really good pen for somebody with more like average or smaller size mm-hmm. hands. Um, so it's a very universally kind of accepted size, I guess. Um, and and it does seal well, it does seal well, nothing crazy going on with the grip shape or anything like that. Um, so all in all, it's just a very favorable pen. I think it just, it gets overlooked a little bit because it seems like it's priced a little higher because the other steel nib pilot pens are so affordable, um, But I think if you stack this one up against other pens in its price range, it can go toe-to-toe. Absolutely. With Lamy Studio or a lot of different Monteverde pens and stuff like that. I think this one's definitely worth a look.
1: And it's coming in about like six different colors too, right?
0: It comes in different colors, but the color is very slight. It's just like in these little end sections here. Mm -hmm. um, And the rest of the pen is basically the same. So not as drastic a different with the colors as you might see on, say, like a Twisby or something like that. But... All in all very uh is this one called something else overseas? I don't know because that don't... often happens with Japanese I pens. I, I, don't I think, think it... it's called the prayer I think all it's around. the prayer I think but so yeah not certain Sometimes they have pen names that are in one country like the home country, but then when they take it abroad, there's already like a trademark or something yeah. like that or it competes too much or it means something you know not ideal <laughs> in that language or something like that, so they have to change it. Um, but yeah. I think that was the case with what was it like the Stella became the E95S because the Stella uh, was the Elite became the E95S the, Elite, S. That's the Stella
1: was. was the Stargazer
0: Stargazer that's right yeah so they change names sometimes but I think it's the Prera all around yeah cool all yeah, right. good pen we're checking out
1: I think that I like um, the Elite the name better than I like E95S but yeah I definitely like Stargazer more than I like Stella
0: for sure for
1: sure alright there you go Prera is a fun one let us know if you're if it's you're a Prera fan, yeah, I think that Prera's got some dedicated, happy people out it's got there. Got a loyal following for sure. It does. Yeah,
0: I don't know anybody who like hates the Prera. No. no, I just certainly. Get, I don't. think it just gets overlooked. Yeah. All right, Drew, what's happening?
1: What is happening? We were at um, that time. I'm going to tell yeah. you some stuff. Dude. Um, I had a lazy weekend, Brian. Really? It was a quite quite quite, quite a lazy weekend. Um. <laughs> But uh, before that, on Friday, Archer, my son, my nine-year-old, had field day at his school.
0: Oh, that's fun.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm guessing you knew this, having two kids yourself.
0: They don't really do contests anymore. It's hard for me to say because, like, we had the whole COVID virtual schooling thing Mm. happen during, like, prime field day years. I think Ellie has a field day coming up. So they did tug of war. Okay. And
1: then they, uh, but that's. and then they did a hula hoop competition Hmm. but that was really it they didn't do like the whole sack race or like walking with the egg in the spoon or Hmm. like the 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 thing where you put the basketball between your legs and hop or nothing like that that's all that's all done I, i i don't know
0: so what are they doing just farting around.
1: They had like music and they're outside and
0: so they're just kind of in a field having a day.
1: Yeah, I mean there were activities I think and they sang. A, I remember like and they sang a song.
0: I remember competing.
1: Yeah, that like, that's all it was. was yeah. just contest and there were ribbons. Uh, yeah, yeah, given out and that was actually one thing that they did not do participation trophies for. When we were kids, there they was like you could get first place, second place, or no place. You oh know? yeah,
0: there were no participations for field yeah, day. Yeah,
1: so um, I I, I understand that there, you know, that we is had a being, shirt.
0: We had a shirt for field day. They that did was sort of. Like they a did have a shirt. But...
1: Um. They, they, um, you know, every grade has a shirt. So that is continuing. That's still a thing. Okay. But yeah, not a lot of games. They did do tug of war though. And he said that was a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, but I was surprised that the whole game aspect didn't seem to be as prevalent. Now I'm sure it's different in other, you know, states, yeah, counties, it could but be
0: different school to school. Who knows. Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, not a whole lot. Um, he did get to do a hula hoop competition though, where he came in second and, uh, he was quite salty about it because, uh. Uh, I saw a picture and, you know, all these other kids are sitting down and he's like the only kid standing up still hula hooping. Um, but he said that he got second because one of the teachers told him to try to do it on his foot. And so when he tried it, it fell off and he lost. I was like, wow. I was like, that teacher trying to frame you, that's messed up. And he's that's, like, yeah, yeah was I, I, he's like, I would have won, but yeah, he was a little sour about that. I mean, that's understandable. Mm. I think that teacher might have had ulterior motives. I pre- think so. Paid off it's by a the setup. It's mm-hmm. A setup. Yeah. Of course, he can't <laughs> resist a trick though. Like, hey, do a kickflip. Like, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, but this weekend, yeah, I kind of just took it easy. I, I played mm-hmm. a lot of video games and uh, I watched a um, an animated Batman movie with Archer. Uh-huh. I, I, I was kind of curious. Like, they still make animated superhero movies, right? What's like the deal a with newer those? one, new-ish, I guess. Probably like. It might've been like two thousand ten or something like that. So maybe not newish. Not is, not
0: Is that new? I don't know anymore.
1: I it wasn't a a I wasn't a kid when it came out, so to me that's new.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but yeah, we watched that and it was it was pretty solid. Um good solid voice cast. It was called Under the Red Hood, where one of Batman's dead partners comes back to life and is a bad guy. So that's a thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a it's a thing. It was a comic, and then they – you know, that's kind of what they do. If it was a good comic, they kind of make it an animated movie. And yeah. I just fair. haven't really dug into that. But it was, no, it was solid, he enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, then I needed to uh, – I didn't need to coerce him, but I did need to go to the dump and, you know, trash one of those, like, cheap Target pieces of furniture with the squares, you know, that's oh, just yeah. – it was one of those things. There's several of these in my house. It's one of those things where you buy it for a reason and yep. then it moves into a different room for like kind of a reason. And then it mo- keeps moving until you're like, this thing is totally useless. And we just And keep, after
0: you move it like three times, you're like, this thing is held it, together It's with nothing but like yeah. tape at this point.
1: Yeah. So I we had to just get that out of there. Um, All So right. I went to the dump, uh, threw that away and a couple other things. But I did tell him, I'm like, hey, how about just to avoid any fuss? I'm like, I know you're playing your game. I need to go to the dump. I'll get you a snack. You know, I'll let you pick a snack. We'll get you a snack when we go out because I needed to go to the uh, um, garden center too and get some dirt. Uh, so I
0: have done all of these things with my kids. Not and the excitement is pretty minimal. It on is, their, but I'm like, you, you can get a snack. He's like, I want
1: ice cream. I was like, all right, that's fine. I get you some Ooh. ice cream. He wanted soft serve vanilla ice cream, and that okay. that basically means McDonald's or Dairy Queen. Okay, like nowhere that's not that's not a common place. You know, there's not a lot of other Chick-fil-A
0: places. of ice cream, they have milkshakes. I'm not they have soft serve ice cream. I don't like know cones of ice cream. They might. They might. I've never seen a cone they of ice cream might. come out of Chick-fil-A. They might. I think they might. Oh. Look into it.
1: Well, went to McDonald's. Of course, you know what happened.
0: What? The machine was broken probably? Yep. That's a thing. Oh,
1: it absolutely I've is a YouTube thing. I've seen YouTube videos about this. It really is. And like she it's didn't like even... a
0: conspiracy of like the machine management company or whatever. I've
1: heard yeah. that the machine... Yeah, I think the machine management company is like not McDonald's. It's like right. a third-party company. They have like, a contract with McDonald's, yeah.
0: but the... The machines are down, like, at least a quarter of the time. Yeah, and I told Archer, I was like,
1: hey, just so you know, (laughs) it's probably broken. And, yep. It it was. Yeah, it definitely was. So that was a bummer. So I just – I didn't want him to have this thing. But we were at the grocery store a couple weeks ago, and he saw this weird, like, packet of, like, sour juice – Squeezy bottle oh, thing, yeah, that garbage. Oh, candy absolutely stuff. garbage. Oh, I was into that stuff as a kid. But I
0: told him like, no, no, and we're you, not doing you that. Try it, and you're like, this is gonna be amazing. Then you eat, and you're like, yeah, this is no. very good.
1: He loved it. Yeah. I told him like, all right, how about we're right next to the grocery store? I'll take you in there, and I'll get you that garbage, squirty, gross sugar thing you wanted. And he got pretty excited about that. So he's in the back. It's the, he's eating these these gummies, and the gummies have like a little like divot in them. So he's taking this squirt bottle with just like sour sugar ooze, squirting it in the little thing and I'm eating the ooze-filled gummy. And so he just had a great old time. So that was, he was hey, like...
0: That's what matters. Is yeah. He enjoyed it, right?
1: Yeah. So And then I once I have placated the kid, I uh, went to a strange's to get some raised bed soil because I was going to do that and um, uh, went out and uh, went ahead and picked up a lavender plant too because I've never done lavender before so that's the only mm. that's the only non-seed the
0: lavender plant last year
1: oh well this is the first this is the <laughs> only one i bought this year everything else i started from seeds but the la- okay. lavender i actually bought a pot, pot of lavender um and then went home and um started the uh, no that day it was a little wet and rainy so i waited until sunday to do the garden but i got all my tomato plants all my peppers and everything in the raised bed all right i also had some extra peppers so i put those in one of our one of my grow bags so i'm doing mm. Um, two different types of pepper, doing mini bell peppers, which are just, you know, like whatever, eat yeah. them. And then shishito peppers, which are, um, you know, kind of more wrinkly, like spicy pepper shape, but they're mm. not spicy. Okay. Except one in 10 is like spicy. And I oh. and you don't really know which one. I it's know.
0: Like, it's like bean boozled.
1: I'm hoping that I'll <laughs> be able to find, like, like nibble, the, like end on one and hopefully tell if it's spicy because I'd like to cook with them.
0: Because they're really pretty. But you can't cook a whole meal with no, it in there. No, especially
1: and- not with Shannon in right, the house. Right, right. So I don't know what I'm doing with those. And then two different types of tomatoes. And then I'm going to do um, butterfly pea and baby's breath. Those flowers got in the pots as well. Okay. And I had to do this thing because I, I looked up what to do. While well, I was looking at the back of the packet of seeds for the butterfly pea. It's a mm-hmm. it's a pea, so it, gr- it it grows on a trellis. But okay. it produces these edible blue flowers. Hmm. And it's set on the back to scarify my seeds. I'm like, what is that? So I had to Google it. And, you I means like
0: scratch them up, right? Or Kind of, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, You have to, they're very hard, like very, very hard, almost like mm. nuts. They're so hard. Okay. So I had to take a little microfile and file a little chunk out of them and then soak them um, for like eight hours and then plant them. So I did that whole thing on Sunday. I know, it was it's a bit much. a prima
0: donna of a plant here, geez. It kind of is, yeah. It's probably because like, I guess if like, Squirrels or birds or whatever, or like it's to chew it? Like it's it's to, scratches I think it scratches it it's up. To naturally per- and... I think it's to pre-
1: I think I don't know I, exactly. I think it's to prevent it from um uh blooming too early. But I don't know. Like hmm. while it's still cold. Interesting. I, I don't know. It's supposed to just speed things up. So I did that. I hopefully I didn't ruin them all because I'm like, I don't know, am I scratching it up too much? Yeah. I don't know. So those are in there. Um it was an experience, but uh it was really nice and relaxing and I really like having all my plants out there in in the soil, hmm. and um, there was not one social activity that I was engaged with this weekend. Wow, so that's weird. It's nice for me to have those. Yeah, it was actually quite relaxing, and <laughs> it re- it recharged me. Nice. So just view games, gardening, and dumping. Yeah, going to the dump. Yeah. So it was quite a low key uh, weekend for me, Drew.
0: Maybe I'm rubbing off on you a little bit here. I mean a little more antisocial. I'll get, I'll, I'll give you the list. Bit. I'll give you the
1: list of projects I am ignoring in the house and I'll show you how unlike <laughs> you I am. I might do, do you remember the um my front porch lights having get gotten messed up by the power washer? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know whether or not those are still are they, replaced?
0: Are they fixed yet? They
1: are still out.
0: You called somebody to fix those, right? And oh, he gave me a hundred
1: dollars to replace the lights. Oh he, you he's just like, need to
0: get it done. Uh-huh. Oh, okay.
1: It's been about a year. Oh wow darkness on the outside we went through we went through all of the dark like daylight savings months where it was dark when i got home Uh and every day i'm like well that's creepy and dark and my house looks (laughs) abandoned because i have no lights (laughs) outside and it still did not behoove me to get it done i know so yeah i i would i would love to have a little bit of your go get them home repair whatever you call that (laughs)
0: I wish I knew where it came from. I wish I could bottle it up and uh, sell it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would take <laughs> I some. I could retire. And every day I get out of my car and I like I run into a, a bush that's like right next to my door. I'm like, ah, I need to trim this thing.
0: Yeah, I got to trim that sucker. But then
1: I go inside. I'm like, all right, what other stuff that I, can I get distracted by? And <laughs> I only see that dumb bush when I get into yeah. my car. I'm like, dang it, I need to trim that. And then I get out, dang <laughs> it. And then I get inside, it's gone. <laughs> Just yep. totally.
0: Absolutely. Brrr, absent. Absolutely. But no,
1: I'm all good. Things are things are Nice.
0: Nice. Um, on to me. Sure. All right. So I mentioned last week that I was going to be pretty much like leaving to go to a conference. That's right. After shooting the pencast. That's right. Technically I left the following day, but yeah, I went to Indianapolis and back in between the time that I shot the pencast and then in the time that we published basically. Yeah. Oh. I have never been to Indiana and now I have got to say it was way windier than I thought it would be. Very windy, like Ooh. thirty mile an hour winds, pretty consistently. It was weird; didn't expect that. But I guess it's very flat, you know. Anyway, but um, so I went there for a conference, a work conference called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. There were about two thousand people at this conference, Ooh, that's which a lot. is bigger than most of the. Work and was that all just in to. one room? Um, like, there was like one main room. It was geez. like three, it was on three different floors in this Marriott downtown, like near the Colts stadium. Three floors. It was a pretty big hotel. Yeah. I think the the hotel itself was like 30 something floors and like you have like the hotel lobby and there's like kind of a little check-in area, but then like basically like. The next couple of floors, like all the conference rooms and stuff, is where all this stuff was happening. Okay,
1: so it wasn't just one room; like there were multiple. Well, there was rooms. one
0: big room where, like, the keynotes and all that oh, kind of wow. stuff were happening. But then the breakout rooms, there were like you know seven to ten sessions happening oh, at a time during each breakout thing. So it was a there was a good Man. good amount of people. So at this, this hotel thing. was built for that. Yeah, and apparently this <laughs> happens all the time at this place. Oof. So um, anyway, it was a very well run thing um but it was really good because i mean honestly more or less this was a conference about having meetings and leadership stuff yay and all like literally before we shot the Ben guys, i came out of a meeting and drew was like you really like meetings don't you because i'm in meetings like all the time yes. and i was like i just went to a conference that largely talked about meetings and other things because this Ooh. is what adulting is sometimes um but no it was, it was really good um talked about things like you know just effective communication, you know, meeting structures, meeting rhythms, that kind of stuff, organizational health, leadership, like that kind of stuff. Are we doing
1: anything wrong um, with our meetings right now that we need plenty, to stop? Plenty. Really?
0: Always. I mean, there's always room to improve.
1: Like running too long or not ending when we should.
0: Just mainly the problem with meetings that most people experience is a lack of clarity about the purpose of the meeting. Mm. So what's that thing
1: like, What's that thing that you say with you give it an hour, it's going to take an hour?
0: That is called the Parkinson's Parkinson's law. That's it. Which is yeah. Work will fill whatever time that you allot. For I get it. I
1: get Peter Principle and Parker thing.
0: Peter Parker, packed a right? picker Pepper. I knew it was one of those. <laughs> I
1: said Parkinson, thinking that is it the Peter Principle or is it I the Parkinson's? Think, I have to
0: think about it because there's also something called the Pareto Principle, which oh, is the eighty-twenty. I, I think I think
1: of just Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, you're probably it's yeah. probably about right. What the the Peter Principle is. You know, um, you'll be promoted to your highest level of incompetence. Mm. So basically you'll keep getting promoted until you're not good at what you do anymore and then you'll stop getting promoted. Oh, yeah. Which probably speaks to a lot of different people that we can all envision right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway. And then the Pareto principle, hey, let's cover all the peas. <laughs> That's the 80-20 rule, which is like basically can be applied to a lot of different things. Oh, like, like the but 20%
1: like- of your inventory makes up 80% of your profit. Exactly. Or, or like, or 20% in, of your customers represent 80% of your time and stress. Exactly. Ah, exactly.
0: yes. So you can apply that to a lot of things or like whatever, whatever issues your kids are going through, like 80% of your time will be spent by 20% of whatever the issue is. And mm. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, so a lot of that type of stuff and uh, a lot of it was like, a lot of it echoed things that we've already covered. Good, you know, like we've done a lot of Brene Brown stuff and Patrick Lincioni and you know, some other like people's stuff from that. And it a lot of similar sources. So it wasn't just about like you know,
1: you know, schedules and organization. It was about communication no, and some of that yeah. human stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. yeah. Well, that's that's more exciting.
0: Yeah, it was it was very interesting. Okay, it was very interesting because it feels just about I really like it. Like no, it wasn't. A, it wasn't like an office space. You know, oh, vibe. yeah. Okay. No, no no no. These are like. All people who are like working more or less in entrepreneur, they're either like business owners or they're like in leadership roles at entrepreneurial companies, mostly smaller companies. So like the vibe was good and I found it very constructive. Um, And it's helpful for me to go to this kind of stuff because, I mean, you see me when I run around here all day. It's like we're talking super granular, detailed stuff about pens. And then we're going, I'm talking, looking at some plumbing thing. And then, you know, I'm dealing with something completely different. We're doing some marketing thing and looking at Google Analytics or whatever. And then I'm going into some meeting or strategic planning. Oh, yeah. It's like
1: if I'm near you and Rachel long (laughs) enough, I just get tired. Yeah. Just, just being, just witnessing, what, <laughs> just witnessing what you what, guys do, what goes
0: on, yeah, each day, yeah, exhausting. It's fun. You gotta be wired for it, but it is definitely helpful to um spend time kind of in that headspace. Yeah, so that's where I was
1: last week. And traveling like forces you to stay in that headspace too. Like when it you, does. when you, yeah. rather than like watching a video on something, you I can mean, that you, has its place too. It but does, but you get you can easily get distracted from it, and then as soon as it is, yeah. as soon as as it's over. It's on to the next thing immediately, yeah. and you don't really have time to reflect. When you're in a hotel, it's like that. What you like watch, you're what you watch, just mm-hmm. kind of stays with you, and you process mm-hmm. it in a different way. Yeah, was the hotel nice? At least
0: the hotel was nice, yeah. and um, you know, it was like a day and a half. You know, so we were there for like two nights, basically. Um, but one of the things I got to do was they had a like dinner, whatever thing in the Colts Stadium. Oh, so they like were renting out the stadium or whatever. And I got to like throw a football on the Colts field, and I got to try to kick a field goal, which I kicked it high enough, but my aim was off, so I did not make a field goal. That's still cool. It was still pretty fun, Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. All the lights on and stuff. Yeah. And, oh wow. Yeah, so I got to like run on the field, and I was like, "This is literally like where these athletes play." Did you and it run kinda, full like, blew speed? My mind a little bit? No, nah, I didn't really run. I didn't really feel like wow. doing too much work. But I threw the ball, and I did okay. Okay. I'm not a great sports person.
1: Oh, neither. Normally mind.
0: when I throw a football, it's like, blah, 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 like really wobbly, yeah. but I threw a couple of really good spirals and I was okay. like, okay, I'm no, going I'm I'm to throw, I threw a couple of good ones and I was like, I'm going to stop. Cause the next one I do is going to look terrible. I would still run full speed just cause, just cause you could yeah, just like I, race. I have the, the I have the
1: energy level of someone much more fit than I am. So like my, my, my <laughs> That's problem a good way to put it. Yeah. Like I, I, you mm. know, I do think that my body probably shouldn't do. It's like, why are you doing mm. this every now and then when you live such a sedentary life? Like, stop like you're, you're you're falling and jumping and running and leaping so intermittently i'm just going to injure myself one day mm, yeah because i'm like oh, i should just run now but yeah. i don't run like my body Whatever. is not a runner's body but yet like my mind's like oh yeah you should you should try to see how many stairs you can jump up to see what happens i'm like i'm gonna the, the, the concrete stairs up there i'm yeah. going to fall on one day oh, don't tell me that because <laughs> I, I i try to leap all of them
0: i feel like workers' comp, like la yeah. la la. I'm not hearing any of this.
1: <laughs> just one do of it off days. the company
0: property, please. No, I'm ready for it though. So I'm like
1: every time I'm like, this is gonna be it. I'm gonna fall right on my face. But, so I'm, I'm
0: not because you're doing anything dumb. Just like you're expecting to, or are you doing dumb things?
1: No, I'm just leaping up the stairs all in oh. one bound. It's okay. like four yeah. four stairs. So you're doing dumb things. I'm, okay. I'm or one could say I'm working efficiently by you are, know.
0: Are you though?
1: I'm skipping steps. I'm literally I'm. I'm Doing, doing doing, in one move what others take four to do, Brian. Wow. wow. How is that not efficiency?
0: Can, I mean, just think of the minutes you're adding up over the years <laughs> by doing this. <laughs>
1: I'm a I'm a good investment, Brian. Trust me. I'll take you're your making word for you're it. making yeah. so much money with me. I'm just uh, I'm yeah. an asset, a true asset. You Leaping stairs, one to bounding it. hallways, mm-hmm. optimizing. Mm-hmm. That's what I do every day, day in day out, yeah. until I injure myself. Yeah, optimize <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: Oh my gosh! Like a walking Pareto principle, dream. <laughs> um. <laughs> gosh. I've um, never been called that before. Yeah. Um, but what was cool, we took our director of operations and director of HR. So it wasn't just me going to this conference, which you've been to like pen shows and you've been places like on your own and you get back and you're like all jazzed up and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm dealing with other things. And you're like, but, ugh, but stuff. And but I, it was fun and there was good things to take away from this. So that's how I usually, <clears throat> excuse me. That's how I usually am coming back from these like conference mm-hmm. things. So it's nice to have like a couple other people that went with me and I'm like, we can bounce some ideas, right. you know, off each other. And I'm like, okay, I'll get, like, a little more life out of this experience because I wasn't the only one doing it. You know? Yeah. Especially because you come back and then it's like, I oh, here's a thousand emails and all these things that happened while you were away. And it's like, ah, crap. Yeah. You know, I got to, like, double up and get things done. Anyway. Um, but <laughs> I watched Severance again while we were going because <laughs> Sam hadn't seen it. That <laughs> doesn't mean you have to watch it, you it with him. To, well, I wanted to. I'd, yeah. He maybe, can watch it by true. himself. That's true. But I did anyway. Oh, my God. We watched the entire thing because, like, on the plane there and back.
1: You are saying that, oh, I've never seen Rocky. I've never seen this. I've never seen that. I'm just going to watch Severance
0: forever. (laughs) I think I've seen it ten times now. You
1: have the time. Yeah, you're like, I don't have time to watch movies. I only have time to watch Severance. We all
0: have 24 hours in a day. Oh my god! But anyway, I watch it. Sam was super into it, but he hated the end. He hated the cliffhangers. Oh, the end was amazing. I thought it was amazing too. I was so shocked.
1: Well, and also, the whole series is cliffhangers. Like I know. Every episode this is, is one cliff- big what, cliffhanger. What did you expect? I don't know.
0: Maybe it was a big tease. It, he, ah. he threw me off. He didn't like it. But anyway, I love it. I love it enough for all of us.
1: And Mandalorian Season 3 just finished, and it had a wonderful ending. Okay. Like a nice, conclusive, mm. rich, well-done ending. Yeah. And, uh, which is great, because the whole series, uh, Archer's just like, Oh, come on! <laughs> and at, the end, at the end of every, every episode. But then the finale happened, and he's like,
0: oh okay nice and satisfier
1: yeah awesome so
0: i like it i like it um also i'd been intending ever since i went on a field trip with my daughter uh at the science museum i intended to go back and take our whole family
1: i have that same intention because archer recently went yeah
0: yep and we did it this weekend Finally, um, nobody was sick. <laughs> the weather wasn't terrible or whatever. We were able to make it Is work. It like, tw-
1: isn't it like 20 bucks
0: a person? Or something it's not like the that? cheap. I think it was like 15 bucks a person or something yeah. like that. That's so not, okay. we're not going to go all the time. Yeah. But it was like Ellie was really excited about it. Cause she had gone. And I was like, yeah, this would be fun. Joseph hadn't been since he was like five, mm-hmm. you know, and he didn't remember anything. So I was like, all right, we'll go. And we went and it was exhausting, mm-hmm. but they had a good time. Did
1: you do the thing where you race the red line to see
0: what sort of animal you're faster than? Yep. I'm faster than Tyrannosaurus Rex. Are you really? I'm faster than a rat. You you beat the rat. I beat the rat. The rat's fast. The rat's not as fast as me. Whoa!
1: I can. I Alpha can, predator. I can, I can
0: hustle when I need to. Apex predator. Are you getting um, those rats? I mean, it's a pretty short runway, so I you still keep, got you still got get away, the rat. I can get away from a rat for about two and a half seconds. After I'll, that, he would probably get me.
1: I always like to think, like you know, if I was just a, a human being out in the wild against other animals. Would I even be a predator, or would I just be prey? You'd be prey. Well, the, I could get a, if you can get a rat, I can get a rat.
0: I mean, you might be able to run faster than a rat, but you, you still get the, one. No, nah, you're gonna be like now. You leap, you leap and get the rat, just like you know, crocodile mile. You know, you run. Yeah, but that's you like slide. after you've had a healthy breakfast ramp, that like somebody else made die. and all that. Like you and I would both we would both die immediately. We don't know how to survive in the wild. Are you kidding me. We just need to find rats. We still found pens. We talking to a camera, Drew? There's no it. way we're surviving in the wild.
1: It Depends, are there chickens in the wild?
0: The chickens would probably take us out.
1: Dang it, you're probably right. Played <laughs> Zelda one too many times. We wouldn't know how to eat anything. Are you you get one chicken, they all come We'd at be you.
0: like Michael Scott in the forest, like oh, eating poison man. mushrooms and you're stuff. Right. We'd
1: last like seven hours. You're right. I'd have my pants taped together.
0: <laughs> It'd be I'm just sad. kidding. We'd probably do a little better than that. But well, hey,
1: at least you got you did beat the rat,
0: though. I beat the rat. And
1: I think I, I, I could only beat the Olympic swimmer because. I'm running and they're <laughs> swimming. It's like whatever. That's that's Loser boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> um, got to do the thing where you like throw a baseball and see how fast you can throw it. It oh. was fun. 48 and a half miles an hour. Okay. I don't know how fast that is. I want to see you do one of those it's like not that punching, fast for a, one of those punching puncher.
1: things with like the, the speed bag and you slam it to Oh, see that would be like, fun. They don't have anything like that it? at the science museum. But
0: I did get to play against the air hockey robot and I tied it. did beat go. it, but my daughter beat it. She lost first, but then she beat it. After that, but I feel like it was not like super optimized. It wasn't like, trying I its hardest. I don't feel like it was trying that hard. <laughs> so I don't know. It needed some fine tuning. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I tried to get my kids to experience was astronaut ice cream because I have a memory yeah. from my own childhood. Absolutely, they were not having it. What do you mean? They didn't. They tried it. and They didn't like it, or they no, didn't want to buy didn't, it. They did not even have any interest in trying it. What? Rachel was not into it for one, so oh, I was come like, on. "I remember this as a kid." She was like, "This is a forced memory that you're bringing back." Did they have it though? They had it. They there. had it at the gift they shop. They had it there. It was like an ice cream sandwich, but they were like six bucks a piece. Like it was not cheap. Uh, it's gift it's shop like prices. It's freeze dried. Yeah, yeah, it's gift shop. And I was like, I was like, this is an experience that I had, and you know. Ellie you should have got Ellie, some. Ellie came over and I was like, yeah, it's like ice cream. I mean, my kids freaking love ice cream. And then she touched. Kinda, she touched
1: uh, it and she was like, no. I'm kind of sad you didn't get some from me. We could, have e- we could be eating some right now.
0: I didn't even we could think be about enjoying
1: that. astronaut ice cream on the pencast with our friends, who I'm sure appreciate astronaut ice cream. Opportunity.
0: You know what? You can get some. I do I, when you take I will. your son I will. back there. You do. I'll reimburse. I will. I'm not just trying to get, <laughs> just, trying to get some free ice cream no, here. No, I will. Literally didn't cross my mind at the time. I was so. Thrown off by how like much my kids just I got you, pooped buddy. on this idea, like I got you. none of them were into it. I was like, "Am I in an alternate universe?" I'm offering them free. Was it still in the silver cream. bag
1: with the astronaut on it?
0: Yeah. Oh come yeah, on! I know. All right, we're gonna make it. They were not th- into it, Don't and they mind. were so tired. I was like, "I'm not gonna make them wait while I buy myself ice cream in line." I was like, "We're <laughs> just gonna get out of here." So oh, man. anyway, that was an experience. That's fine. And then uh, my outdoor adventures. I've found a place to put all those piles of logs. Oh, right. I'm burying them. I'm just digging a giant hole and I'm just burying all my logs yeah. so that they can break down into the compost. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That's, that's are you I'm going doing. to retrieve them
1: afterwards? No, or? I'm just going to
0: let them break down. Oh, okay. It's probably going to take a few years.
1: It is. That's how I did my yeah. raised bed. Yeah. It's called culture.
0: Yeah. That's basically what I'm doing, except I'm not trying to plant anything on top of it or whatever. Okay. I'm just... I'm using the earth to insulate and don't you have a lot of down. clay over there? It's all clay. So
1: you're just going to put them in the clay? I'm just burying it in the clay. You might be preserving
0: them. <laughs> They'll probably be mummified <laughs> in there. So i will probably the mummified logs in my yard. I don't know what else to do with them, man. I, I do logs everywhere. I don't know how
1: much. I don't know how much. Um, you know, uh, you know, the organisms need to break down wood. I don't know how much that's going to penetrate the clay. I mean,
0: there's got to be there's there's plenty of garbage in the trees already. There's like bugs and crap, and there's you know I figured going to kill them all. I figured there's, there's them something, the there's stuff going on in there. Uh, Let me see if I like have a I, I, if I have a picture to even share with you. Did you bury them already, or are you just that's your? I'm plan? in the process of burying yeah. them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them to bury, so I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs>
1: running around in the woods, chopping down trees, and putting them down inside of the earth
0: yeah this is about what it's come to i like had a brief conversation (laughs) with alex here about Hugo culture and he was like yeah you can bury logs in the dirt and then he said a bunch of other things and i was like bury logs in the dirt i never thought of that i think that's what i'm gonna do that's as far as my thought went is like what happens after that i don't don't, know but i'm just burying logs you've got so many so much woods why don't you just like chuck them in the woods i mean i could but it's hard their logs are big and i guess i guess you know
1: I guess if are you just gonna like bury them where they lie essentially?
0: No, it's like in a corner of my yard that yeah. like I doesn't don't really mow. This is not a great picture. That looks can, so
1: suspicious, Brian.
0: It looks really sketchy. It looks, looks like so, I'm so. It looks like I'm burying like dead. It bodies really does. It looks like you're trying there. to hide
1: something bad.
0: It does look really suspicious.
1: Like if someone came across you doing that at night. They would take you in for questioning,
0: and that's usually when I'm doing it. Is like as it's getting darker. That is at the night.
1: sketchiest thing. What are you doing over there, sir? I'm just burying logs. I'm yeah, burying. sure
0: you are burying logs. huh? Come with me. Book'em. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just burying. To- it's called Hugo culture. I'm burying logs. What did logs. you say? Are you Al Qaeda? Why are you burying logs? Because I-, I didn't want them above the ground. You just want them under the ground. Yeah. So these used to be trees, but you cut them down, and now you're burying them. What is wrong <laughs> with you? They're like, I also sell pens. <laughs> Like, okay, buddy. You are insane. <laughs> this man's lost it. He's a danger to himself and society.
2: So so I also sell pets.
0: I sell pants on the internet. Oh, okay, goodness. this guy sure clearly this guy's sure lost do, touch chief. with reality. No one does that, sir. Oh, good. This is not a sound business model. You're speaking oh. nonsense.
1: <laughs> Get in the car, Slick. Get in the car. Oh, my God. I watched
0: Severance 10 times. <laughs> All right, that's enough out of you. That's enough out of you. You've lost. You've clearly lost touch with reality, oh, sir. Oh,
1: Burying logs in the darkness. Yeah,
0: I just had to share that. This is what it's come to, folks. This is what it's come to.
1: I love that so much. Yep. Oh man. Yep. This
0: is where we're at. Anyway, oh, that's what's going on in my world. That's marvelous. Yep, indeed. Thank you for that. I'll keep you updated.
1: Please do. I'll keep you updated. I'd love to know
0: how that goes. I buried like 40 of them already. <laughs> I expanded the I expanded the hole. So it was so successful. It didn't take me long. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm not like digging it by hand. That would be take forever. I got equipment involved, but anyway, I make your day. It really does make your day,
1: it's especially like
0: <laughs> I've already buried 40. Yeah, it's, it was very successful. <laughs> it was very successful. <laughs> so successful, I expanded, <laughs> I expanded the scope. Thinking, I was like, I can fit two I'm log like, piles in there, not one. How could that be unsuccessful? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Short term, the success has been good. I've successfully I I mean, if created a hole and put logs in the hole and covered up the hole. You know, my, you know, it's my biggest fear. What? My biggest fear is that I'm actually creating the perfect like yellow jacket environment, oh, and it's just going to become like this massive yellow jacket like, metropo- oh, like metropolis.
1: God. I really hope that's not the case. And it's gonna, they're just going to chase me. Out they're the just going to burn it down.
0: I got my suit. I got my bee suit. You did. I'll take them on. <laughs> I'll go out there at night in my B-suit. Yep. I've also done this. You've done that. With my red light because they can't see the color red. Your nighttime activities I have done all are these things.
1: suspicious in a very unique way.
0: I do. Lo- I guess I am pretty sketchy. It's a good <laughs> thing I'm living in a rural area because otherwise people uh, would call the police on me. They'd be like, this guy is in a B-suit walking around outside burying uh, logs in the dirt.
1: There's probably a satellite that's on you. Just, I'm sure. I'm Thanks. sure somebody's
0: somebody's watching me. Oh,
1: my God. I'm crying. Yep. Oh,
0: Just look at my search history for all this pencast oh. stuff. People are like, what is this guy doing? There's no way this is, you know, legit. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for personal stuff. <laughs> Let's cover a, couple of, cover a couple of company updates, and then we'll get out of here. Oh. Well, we have one video this week, the pocket pen guide with drew i think you could, i think the prayer is in there isn't it the prayer is in there is that why prayer is on your mind maybe
1: it is yeah yeah i was okay. thinking about the prayer so i'm like little, this uh, is a great pen we don't talk, talk about it much more. yeah
0: well if you want to learn about prayer and other pocket pens go check out drew's video because we got that one published
1: and find out what the smallest fountain pen we have is it's probably guess? not what you think Ooh, good, good. Uh, number five will surprise you. That's right. <laughs> Doctors hate number
0: three. <laughs> number 13 will shock you. You'll never guess the last one. Because it's not 13. Um, There's anyway. not that many pews. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we'll keep videos coming. In and uh, yeah, that's all we got. Um, let's wrap this sucker up, shall we? Well, we want to thank you all for watching. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us some questions. Leave us some comments. Leave Drew some comments because he doesn't want them. And uh, you should give it you to You can talk anyway. to me
1: as much as you want as you do not contradict my objective cheese superiority <laughs> declaration.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, check out com for fountain pen ink. Uh, fountain pen, comma, ink, and paper needs. That's how you do it. Uh, like and subscribe, YouTube, Instagram, all these things. And I got a fun fact for you, Drew. Lay it on me. Because I was researching filet, phil, phil how do you say this again? Philately. Sure. The stamp collecting. Okay, yes. Stamp and postage. Postage collecting. Whatever. Okay. So, the first postage stamps for the prepayment of letter postage were issued in England in 1840. Everybody knows that. They were the brainchild of Roland Hill, who successfully proposed them in his pamphlet, Post Office Reform, in 1837. Postal charges were then determined mainly by the distance traveled and the weight of the letter. But... Hill proved that the main cost of transport was in the handling and sorting of letters rather than in their carriage. Hill further observed that because most letters went through post unpaid at the time, and postage had to be collected from the recipient upon delivery, many of them were refused and had to be returned, thus necessitating a two-way trip for no revenue. Sounds very inefficient. He proposed a radical change that all postage be prepaid and that letters be carried by any distance within Great Britain for a fixed rate. Hence, the stamp.
1: That's, that's actually it kind of came about. That's a great idea. Pretty novel. Roland Hill isn't had it? to travel across the Roland Hills.
0: That's right. <sighs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: there's a lot more to this article and it gets pretty boring if you're not into stamps
1: why couldn't you talk about coins i like coins
0: um i it's feel like you stamps. knew know a lot about coins and I, then
1: i tried to collect stamps in middle school yeah one of my mom's friends there's had like so many one of my mom's friends was like into stamps and i kind of like i got like i'm, I'm one of those people i can see that, the
2: appeal yeah, yeah i
1: can see the appeal i can see the appeal in like any collection sure like, it's not hard and so i was like oh that sounds cool this is cool. and but as soon as I got like a book to like actually start collecting them. I lost interest. It was Mm.
0: very boring for me. See, I like pens because you can do something with them. I like collecting things that you can do stuff with. Like stamps, you can't. I mean, you can mail things. Well,
1: I like coins because you know there's that historic element to it. Like, um,
0: I mean, same with stamps. You get the historic element with stamps too. Not,
1: not all the time. What do we got here? This is oh, this is an interesting one. So this one is um from New Zealand. This is a half crown. Um, back when um um, George the fifth was. The uh, monarch there, or the emperor in this case, but you've got some cool like Maori style um, like demon dragon face things on Hmm. the coin itself. So you've got a little bit, of course, you know they were you know a colony at the time, but they still had some cultural stuff in there. So like that, like there's there's iconography there that tells you a little bit about the time so yeah for me i like history i think that's fascinating so yeah. and coins are especially like you know coins with monarchs on them mm. they are indicative of that time like very visually for sure stamps like you know oh look here's an elvis stamp from 93 like
0: i mean elvis yeah, wasn't alive
1: there so well there's like
0: a lot like, of commemorative things yeah, yeah so but
1: yeah like coins like have that educational element to them that's fair um which, which I like. And I like to find out like cool things that happen in cool years. And like, if this one year was really cool, I want to get a coin from that year. Cause that's the year Franz Ferdinand was assassinated or something like that. So
0: that's true. And, the, and there's like life, to, I mean, they're more durable. Yes. Yeah. So and also like, you
1: got to wonder like 1933, like what did this buy back in New Zealand?
0: Probably like, a lot of different things. Like,
1: that's so cool to me. Like, and, and somehow it, it's come into my possession. Now I'm holding it. And,
0: how many people have gone to the bathroom and not washed their hands right and touched that coin
1: like it's amazing amazing and now my dirty hands have been on it so right. okay you know i'm just you got one, it in your pocket i'm, I'm one i'm You're one touching it all day. in a long distinguished line of grimy paws yeah 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 uh, something to be proud of you want to touch my coin i think i'm
0: good <laughs> i think i'm good but i'll see you here next week hey oh thanks everybody for watching and we'll see you later right on Awesome. I had a different fun fact that I realized that I forgot to include. Because I had one last week that I was going to save, and then I forgot that I was saving it. So I'll save it for next week. Unless I forget, which I will.
1: Bah, humbuggington.